Many producers just sit home, scratch their crotch, and say, great show. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, April 25th, 2019. This is your award-winning Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 1132. This is No Agenda. We are the Netflix of news and broadcasting live from the frontier of Austin, Texas, capital of the drone star state. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we're host Zephyr. I'm John C. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. We're what? What did you say? Post Zephyr. Oh, yeah, you were really soft there for a moment. You were like, oh, I'm John C. Dvorak. Uh, post, Hi, John. Uh, post Zephyr. Yeah, post Zephyr. Post Zephyr. <laughs> Sorry, we're a little late for those of you listening on the live stream. Yes, yes, we, uh, we now have Joe Biden in the race. Yeah, it's about time. Uh, who I call Spike Biden. Spike, spike, spike the ball. Yeah, spike Biden because he's telling a lee lie. Spike. Okay, I don't quite get the joke. But. Well, I'm going. To, of course, you don't because I'm going to unpack that for you. Joe Biden announced this morning that he's running for the 2020 presidential election, and here's what he's running on. Charlottesville, Virginia, is home to the author of one of the great documents in human history. We know it by heart. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. We've heard it so often, it's almost a cliche, but it's who we are. We haven't always lived up to these ideals. Jefferson himself didn't, but we have never before walked away from them. Charlottesville is also home to a defining moment for this nation in the last few years. It was there on August of 2017 we saw Klansmen and white supremacists and neo-Nazis come out in the open. Their crazed faces, illuminated by torches, veins bulging, and bearing the fangs of racism, chanting the same anti-Semitic bile heard across Europe in the 30s. And they were met by a courageous group of Americans. And a violent clash ensued. And a brave young woman lost her life. And that's when we heard the words of the President of the United States that stunned the world and shocked the conscience of this nation. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. (laughs) Very fine people on both sides? With those words, the President of the United States assigned a moral equivalence between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it. And in that moment, I knew the threat to this nation was unlike any I had ever seen in my lifetime. Okay, so this goes on for another two minutes. Joe is running on the lie that the president insinuated that some neo-Nazis are very fine people. And the reason I call him Spike Biden is because I finally got to finish the Black Klansman movie. And I told you that I hadn't finished yet. I didn't know it was 18 hours long. And, but I said, there's all this Trump stuff. This, you know, all these little quotes like rapists and murderers and things that are coming directly from him that he slipped into the dialogue. And at the end of the movie, I know you haven't seen it. And I have a feeling not many people have seen the whole movie. No well, one. If it's 18 hours long, there's a good reason. I'll tell you, because I, I mentioned this on the last episode. No one emailed me or tweeted me and said, oh, wait until you get to the end of the movie. 
And so this was so incredibly dishonest. Um, so the movie kind of ends, and then there's this you know long tunnel like shot, you know, one of those uh, where the background moves really fast, and the two people in the foreground are are standing there, and then it goes into this montage. a group on one side that was bad and you had a group on the other side that was also very violent Nazis go not all of those people were neo-nazis believe me not all of those people were white supremacists you also had people that were very fine people because i believe that today in charlottesville this is a first step that's david duke by the way so it goes from very fine people, very fine people were there, and it goes straight to David Duke. So what is wrong with this? Wow. Well, wait for it. What is really wrong with this? couple things. One, so they date these scenes, and you see the, uh, uh, the, torch, the, the torches and the Jews will not replace us. Yeah. And then it goes into Antifa clashing with you know, the white supremacists, and it's not a black, but so the whole movie is about black and there's a side story of a Jew cop. I'm just saying it that way because that's how it's said in the movie. Um, so, the, so there's kind of a, a side story and then it goes, but it's really all about, the, you know, 65, 66, 67, the um, equal rights, uh, you know, how blacks were discriminated against. The whole movie is that, of course, about the Klan. Uh, but it's all white people you see, and then they then but they title it uh, Charlottesville, April uh, August eleventh, two thousand seventeen, and then they show Trump at Trump Tower. It's also titled uh, with a with a lower third August twelfth, twenty seventeen. That's a lie, first of all, because his um, initial reaction that Trump gave his initial statement, which was not the press conference at Trump Tower, was on August twelfth, but this was August fifteenth. When he gave this speech. So you just heard the... In fact, I'm going to just roll that back just a tiny bit so you can just hear again. Because he he took a piece, then put in uh, some more footage, and then went into the quote, and then chopped it off. So again, here we go. Because I believe that today in Charlottesville, this is a first... Sorry, that was David Duke already. Here we go. So very violent. Nazis go home! Not all of those people... We're neo-Nazis, believe me. Not all of those people were white supremacists. You also had people that were very fine people. Because I believe that today... And then he goes straight into David Duke. Here's the original. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me, I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. So all that was taken out. ...to another name. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly now in the other group also you had some fine people but you also had troublemakers and you see them come with the, with the black outfits and with the helmets and with the baseball bats you got a, you had a lot of bad you had a lot of bad people in the other group too 
So I think it's a little bit out of context. Well, of course, this has been thematic. And of course, it's thematic with our show's principles, which is that once they get a, they create a meme that that's false. It's there forever. Meme. It's there forever. Memification. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Is what they do, and then they stick with it, no matter how many times you bring out the real the real quotes, which include this this uh, screed against the the fascists or the Nazis. But for Joe Biden to be running on that out of the gate is a Joe Biden's obviously an idiot. Well, he. A, he must believe this, and B, the people who are advising him must believe this. Some, they, I think they do believe it, and they, no one's ever bothered to actually look into it. They're just going with the good, but that's what the public thinks anyway, so what? Well, and and this is not about Donald Trump. This is I've been through this. I've had this happen to me. You've had this happen to you. When you get certain things that just become truth forever and ever, I always like to point it out. Like when people say, oh, Dvorak said the, the mouse is stupid, no, he was it. To no. <laughs> he said there's no evidence. At the time, there was no evidence. No, this is 1984. Right. So, so I, I want to defend that. I defend it for you. I defend it for anybody. But to have Joe Biden running on that out of the gate, I'm sure that's not his only, his only point. But man. Well, he's. Well, besides that and all the baggage, uh, he's actually on, on my list of contenders list, which I post on the Cosmic Weenie. Uh, I bumped him down because of the – I think he's going to keep getting bumped down. Oh, really? Because uh, Bernie's at the top. Oh, right. I, all the polls say, oh, Biden's even ahead of Trump now. It lies. <laughs> and what about Mayor Pete? He's moving up. May, well, Mayor Pete had a very your, inter- your whole theory, by the way, about that is right on the money, and you can see him moving up. There's this big story today, and they said with all these fine women, Kamala Harris and Warren, and yeah. I don't know if they mentioned Clinton, but they had mentioned somebody else, yeah. Klobuchar. Yeah. With all these fine women running, how come Mayor Pete is shooting past them in the polls? Well, could it be this? Uh, you can call it whatever you like. This is about sanctuary cities from the CNN town hall. Uh, you can call it whatever you like. That's our policy. We're a welcoming city, and uh, I guess the president thinks America's full. Uh, we're not. I would be delighted <laughs> to have more people. We have a population growth strategy in our city. Our city was built for 130,000 people, but we only have 100,000 because so many people left after the auto factories collapsed. 100,000? What kind of... This is not a city. This is a hamlet. This is a hamlet. The 60s. uh, We got plenty of room for more residents and taxpayers who want to help fund the snow plowing and and, and the firefighters that I got to have for 130,000 people's worth of city with only 100,000 people to pay for it. And let us not forget... That in many respects, from property taxes to sales taxes, undocumented immigrants are taxpayers. And the truth is, in many respects, because they are not eligible for a lot of benefits, they are subsidizing the rest of us, which is just one more reason we've got to get this sorted out. <laughs> Thank you, illegal aliens. Thank you. Thank you for subsidizing my life. It's so appreciated. Oh, brother. Guys, hi. Yeah. You know, this guy. Yeah, 100,000. I mean, I, when I think of cities, I think of like... Uh, Mexico City, you know, 14 yeah. million. Yeah. I mean, Aust- Austin's barely a city. Yeah, what is Austin's population? No, a million. We got a million. Yeah, it's a million. Yeah. That's at least at least 
And they're it's all in traffic. Something other than you're right, a hamlet. He <laughs> runs a small town. You know, hundred thousand is big but, for a lot of. But he, but he has a positive. What he calls a positive growth strategy, which would be I don't know, encourage people to have children. No, that would be make it a family friendly city. That would do it. Now there's an idea. Family, family friendly, friendly city. You want to get your population yeah. up and bring there's in an families. Idea. There's an idea. We're we're trying to be family unfriendly in Austin. Oh yeah, yeah. dog friendly. Oh, my goodness. Stop with the dogs. Um, so you were tracking Hillary, who did not. Did she do an op-ed? She's done. She's starting to. Her head's popping up every which way. She's making commentary everywhere. I didn't see an op-ed, but I'm sure she's done yeah, a few. I, I think she wrote an op-ed, and she was on stage at some Time magazine event. And, uh, oh, I have a clip. Yeah, the 100 Most Influential People ah. event. Oh, is she in that? Is she in? She must be. I don't know. She must. Be. I didn't look at the list. Well, here's what she had firewall. Here's what she had to say about, uh, well, of all things, my goodness, the Mueller report. Before leaving Mueller, you're a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a lawyer. Disbarred, but yeah, you're a lawyer. Did Donald Trump obstruct justice as you read the incidences as Mueller lays them out? Well, I think there's enough there that any other person who had um, engaged in those acts uh, would certainly uh, have been indicted. But because of the uh, the rule in the Justice Department that you can't uh-huh. indict a sitting president, uh, the whole matter of obstruction was very directly uh, sent to the Congress. I mean, if you read that part of the report, it could not be clearer. I mean, I, you know, as I read it, basically what I thought it was saying is, look, we think he obstructed justice. Here are 11 examples of why we think he obstructed justice. But we're under the control of the Justice Department, and their rule is you can't indict. But we do have checks and balances in America, and there is this thing called the Congress. I mean, you could oh. not be more oh, no. explicit than, please, look at this. You may look at it and conclude it doesn't rise to an impeachable offense. That's your job, but I'm giving this to you. <laughs> wow. So she takes she put a bunch of stuff in there that's not in there. Well, quite the opposite is in fact true. Um as uh, the uh I think it was the attorney general uh, or was it Mueller was asked specifically, no, the attorney general was asked specifically if there was no indictment on obstruction of justice because you can't indict a sitting president, uh, to which he answered no several times. This came up on uh, with Crystal Ball, which I think is a great radio name. Uh, but she's on, what is she on? I think she's on. We bitched about her before. She used to be on MSNBC MSN, regular with your buddy Toure. Ah, yes. Well, now she's on Hill TV, and she had uh, Joe DeGenoa on as a guest and it, it in, hilarity ensued we shall say but it, it starts off with exactly this point Barr said he asked Mueller three separate times did you base your decision on the fact that a sitting president cannot be indicted and Mueller said I did not it, it literally says here are the well, considerations that guided our instruction of justice investigation is Mueller a liar what, I'm asking 
if Barr is a liar is really the question here because it says very clearly here you know that what? one of the considerations Mueller then should have said I would have brought charges because there's evidence but I can't bring charges. That's exactly what he should have done. So let me just say something right now about what you just said. Don't you dare suggest that Bill Barr is a liar. He's mm. a, I've known him for 30 years. He's one of the finest lawyers this country has Woo! ever produced. He came back out of retirement to serve this country. There's not one shred of evidence that anything he said either the other day or now or today was a lie. Don't ever say that in front of me about Bill Barr. <laughs> you have no evidence that he lied, and I, you know but it. But I'm telling you. You said he may I, have lied. What I'm telling you is that what he said this today in the press conference is inconsistent with what's in the report. That's not a lie. <laughs> that's, okay, fine. It's but not that's fine. The, that's You're on national reality. television calling the attorney general a liar. I didn't say that. You're you suggested it mouth. very strongly. All right, well, I think we're done here. I Thanks think we are. Us. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that's the best kind of television, though. I love it when it people, when people get really that's upset. That's the stuff that people love to see. Yeah. Cat fight. That's what you want, man. But, the uh, you know, now, but the, the host, for one thing, the host can't handle that, especially oh, no, her. No. She's, now, but, she's uh, sensitive. Before we get yeah. into a very... And she's just playing her old MSNBC game there, and this yeah. guy was just like putting up Not, with Well, he's playing his Fox game. Isn't he on Fox all the time? To Genoa? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, I think he's a Fox guy. Think. Um, now, before I move uh, into uh, any collusion, I got a text just before the show and this is something for your uh for your cosmic weenie rundown uh this is from one of the millennials and she says just so you know front runner for my age group and education level is elizabeth warren and to which i and of course i was dealing with the mic issues and so i i texted back well of course you know no no more debt and she got a little offended because, you know, it's just a text. <laughs> I said, no, 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 I'm agreeing with you. She says, yes, this is exactly what we're all saying. We have tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt. We'll vote for someone to get to remove that. The question yeah, is, can yeah. she motivate them to vote? Well, if once they realize that she's full of crap, she is a do-nothing senator. She has never done anything. She talks a big game. And if you're going to be suckered, by somebody just talking a big game. Oh, they talked a big game. I'm going to vote for her. Then it's a problem you've got. But it's not. She's not viable as a candidate with that platform. It does get attention though. Oh, it gets lots of. It, I I understand it. I'd be like, yes, please, get rid of my debt. Absolutely. There's no future. Or the future seems she can't somewhat. Even get bleak. rid of Rachel, the robocaller. <laughs> even though she tried, Rachel, the robocaller. So you tweeted something very important the other day. I did. Yes, you did. I need more followers. It was a. It was a, a deconstruction of the written uh, transcript, or maybe it was the record of the FISA renewal hearing, which took place oh, yeah. um, in, what was that, 2017, I think? I don't remember. The end of 2017. And it was with uh, Admiral Rogers, who runs oh, yes, the, the NSA. Stuff. And I, I'm, I'm going to try and paraphrase it, but what comes out of this report is 
the real reason for the Russia uh, collusion meme. And at, and I'm just going to you, help me out here because I, I did pull two clips just to accentuate it. But in general, um, around 2016, Rogers discovered that there were consultants inside the NSA database and they were either directly doing so-called about queries, which means you yeah. can just take a phone number or an IP address and say, hey, click box 17, tell me who this is. Uh, then it will spit that back, and then that was being exported outside of the NSA to, again, you know, and uh, contractors is not all that uncommon. Ed Snowden was a contractor, as an example. Um, and so it came to light that this was taking place, and it turns out well, it was well, happening since... It, yes? You, I'll, I'll give you a little more backup. Rogers noticed, just through, on his dailies, well, he, uh, his briefings, look, look, that, that the numbers for, of these queries had skyrocketed. Yeah, let's play that clip, and then... This is exactly what he's saying. This is uh, uh, Senator Lankford, who, of course, understand this. This is all showboating. So he, he knows exactly what he's asking, and Rogers knows exactly what he's answering. Admiral Rogers, this spring, the NSA decided to stop doing about queries. Uh, that was a long conversation that's happened there. It's now come out in the public about that conversation, uh, that that was identified as a problem. The court agreed with that, and that has been stopped. What I need to ask you is, who first identified that as a problem? Um, the National Security Agency did. Okay, so how did you report that, reported that to who? How did that conversation go once you identified we, we're uncomfortable with this type? So in 2016, I had directed our Office of Compliance, let's do a fundamental baseline review of compliance associated with 702. Okay. We completed that effort. My memory is I was briefed on something like October the 20th. That led me to believe the technical solution that we put in place is not working with the reliability that's necessary here. I then, from memory, and had through went to the Department of Justice and then on to the FISA court at the end of October. I think it was something like the 26th of October, and we informed the court we have a compliance issue here, and we're concerned that it, there's an underlying um, issue with the technical solution we've put in place. We told the court we're going to need some period of time to work our way through that. The court granted us that time in, ex in return the court also said, we will allow you to continue 702 under the 16 authorizations, but we will not, will not reauthorize 17 until you show us that you have addressed this. So what he was seeing was, and, and there's a follow-up clip to this, what he was seeing was a high number of errors occurring based upon people doing an about query. And he felt that, you know, the about query is really, that's close to unmasking. And this database, and according to Section 702, is not allowed to be used to spy on American citizens in the U.S., American citizens abroad, foreign nationals in the U.S., also not allowed to spy on them. There can only be incidental um, unmasking if you're uh, tracking someone in another country, not a U.S. national, who happens to be talking about or to an American, but that could be inside the United States, and that would be accidental. And here's what happened. When you say greater reliability, tell me what you mean by that. Because it was generating errors. Our, our Office of Compliance highlighted the, the specific number of cases in 2016. Um, and I thought to myself, clearly it's not working as we think it is. Um, we were doing queries unknowingly to the operator in a handful of situations um, against U.S. persons, and I just said, hey, that is not in accordance with the intent of the law. Yeah, clearly, clearly it's not not only the intent, it's the actual statute Correct, itself right, the statute, that, uh, right? that, that, 
that we uh, protect U.S. persons from yes, this is uh, foreign directed. Uh, so what I'm hearing from you is the accountability system worked. Yes, sir. That the issue rose up. We're collecting. We do have information on U.S. persons. We don't want to get that information. Uh, immediately the process started going through to be able to stop it. The court then put the final stop on it. It was corrected, and then that's now cleared. Yes, sir. And, in fact, we're purging the data as well. Not only have we stopped doing it, but we're purging the data that we had collected under the previous authorization. So what did not come out in this hearing but was in this written transcript and links in the show notes was a fantastic breakdown by, what was that, the conservative treehouse? Was that a Breitbart operation? Who is that? I have no idea. Something like that. Um, is that. So that ability stopped at the end of 2016 because something was, it was being abused and they shut it down. But what we find out is this had been going on since 2012. And the, yeah. and the only explanation for that is that the Obama administration, most likely uh, with State Department, were spying on all kinds of Americans since 2012. All of a sudden it stopped that's when Hillary writes in an email, we're all going to hang together because you know, spying on Americans will send you to jail for a long time. And the insurance policy that Page and Strzok spoke about was not uh, to stop Donald Trump from becoming president. It was to insert the Steele dossier into the spying they had already done as justification so that the spying would not come above board. Then all of a sudden, she didn't become, because she didn't become president, they trigger the, uh, the so-called insurance policy, and then they're able to bring in Bob Mueller, who knows this extremely well. He's been a part of, uh, of how this system works. In fact, he, w- he also oversaw the PRISM system, which started as PROMISE. Do you remember the PROMISE system? It was a Silicon- yes, I do remember it vaguely. It was a Silicon Valley company called Inslaw. And they developed this database that they uh, licensed to the NSA and FBI, and Bob Mueller was overseeing it. And people were throwing everything in here. Then they loved it. It became this massive, massive collection of uh, VIN numbers on cars and house titles and credit cards, and everyone's just jamming it in there. It was really the the precursor to PRISM, and PRISM we heard about from, uh, from Snowden, of course, and now this is all tied into these new... Uh, uh, surveillance databases and Mueller um, and I won't say he was directly responsible but they all of a sudden they said to this little Silicon Valley company Inslaw nah we're not interested anymore we're not gonna we're not gonna um, use you anymore but then they just kept using it and they kept you know they kept giving uh, copies of the database and the actual program to other countries because they would call Inslaw and say hey we need some tech support but they never bought the program put this company out of business it's a great oh, I story. Think people died in the process. Oh, too. I, oh, I don't know about that. That's why I was hoping oh, you yeah, would remember yeah, this. Yeah, you can could, you could do a Google, Google search. A number of people died. Somebody wow. looking into it wow. died. I, I didn't know that. Some, a bunch of people died. Yeah, the government was killing them. So for me, it's like, Best oh my God, this whole thing is a complete sideshow with buy in from the media and all political parties. And it's what a fantastic cover-up and so Mueller was in there just making sure that all of that goes away and you heard um uh, admiral rogers say oh no we're purging all that data too i'm sorry to hear that 
sorry you're hearing you covering up the tracks of who might have exported that, or uh, hopefully you didn't. But and wasn't it Rogers who went to Trump and said, "Hey, man, they're spying on you." Yes, that was Rogers. There you go. So that's what went well, down. This was to 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 save their own hides from. 20, 30 years in jail, if it ever comes out. And of course, it was Susan Rice's name who was uh, who was used. And uh, who's the whack job who was the ambassador to the UN? Uh, she's with Cass Sunstein. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, her. The redhead. <laughs> Sunstein's wife. Uh, Samantha Power. Thank you, Troll Room. Yeah. Well, I have a Bob Woodward clip on this. this (laughs) I had the same one, but this is a good clip. Yeah. This clip uh, does bring in another element, which is that we always have to readjust our thinking about Bob Woodward. Came out of military intelligence and uh, probably still gets a paycheck from somebody because there's all these books he does. There's no one person can do those. So somebody's writing them. I mean, he's writing them. Probably, well, didn't he also, he, didn't he write on his blog, still available, that uh, CIA is all over the media integrated? Wasn't that his? No, his that's, yeah, that's, oh, that's, oh, that's the other, that's the actual spy. Oh, okay. No, no, neither, well, <laughs> neither one of them. I, I think, no, Woodward's the, I believe to be the actual spy based on the stories told in Family of Secrets by, right. by Russ, Baker. Russ Baker. And now he brings up all this information that makes it obvious, but, but. I, I always have to reset myself because he. I don't think he was ever in the CIA. I think he's always been part of uh, defense intelligence. Oh, could be, could be because that's because he came out of mil- Navy intelligence, mm-hmm. so it makes sense. Or, or he could still be in Navy intelligence, which is one of the oldest intelligence services in the country. Goes back to the 1700s. Anyway, but yeah. let's listen to what he has to say, and he kind of slams the CIA in this. More than two years ago, back in January of 2017, when the steel dossier first surfaced, I remember you're saying right here on this show that it is a, quote, garbage document. Do you feel that the Mueller report basically discredited it? And to what degree do you think it played a role in the Russia investigation? Well, that's what's going to be investigated by um, lots of people, including the attorney general and and including uh, Senator Lindsey Graham. And the inspector general is also doing it. Yes. And um, it should be. I mean, what I found out recently, which was really quite surprising, the dossier, which really is got a lot of garbage in it and found that to be the case early in building the intelligence community assessment on Russian interference in an early draft they actually put the dossier on page two in kind of a breakout box. I think it was the CIA pushing this. Real intelligence experts looked at this and said, no, this is not intelligence. This is garbage. And they took it out. But in this process, the idea that they would include something like that in one of the great stellar intelligence assessments, as Mueller also found out, uh, is highly questionable. Needs to be investigated. Now, how would he even know that in a draft it was on page two, unless he was really in the know? He's really in the know. So, as I think we agreed in the thesis of the show is, this Mueller investigation was a a cleanup, a mop-up, of this uh, spying for four years on perhaps political opponents. Uh, 
There was also insinuation that the IRS scandal, that that original IRS database, which was delivered on compact disks to the office of Eric Holder, um, that that was the original political spying. Um, so if this if this indeed is what, what it looks like, uh, a cleanup operation, I don't think Mueller can, was able to make it clean that no one gets busted. I think there needs to be a fall guy. Or a couple. Well, I'm thinking Struck and Page. No, Struck and Page are targets, but they're a little too convenient, it seems to me. Well, but you could just, yeah, you could probably put a case around Struck and Page and make it look like they're just a couple of rogue uh, FBI folk. Well, they're the ones talking uh, about the insurance policy in text messages, so that's kind of smoking gun. Yeah. Once we understand what that means. Well, he's never fully explained it. No, but that's maybe that's what Mueller put in place. No, no, no. We'll, we'll find out. This is rolling out kind of nice and smoothly. But it's just it's mind boggling to me because we already thought this. But then when I read that whole FISA transcript, I'm like, oh, man, everything has been a sideshow. The whole kit and caboodle. And now I can't watch any of these discussions. <laughs> it's, like, it's just dumb. It's completely dumb. There's nothing yeah. to do with what happened. And other and other people must have figured this out. It can't be just us here in our little no agenda hole. Oh, I'm sure a lot of people. I mean, when you see even Woodward when he's talking on that uh, Chris Wallace's show. I think he's covering his own ass for shit kind he said. Kind of at the same time. He probably knows a lot more than he's ever going to talk about on TV. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then we solved that. <laughs> <laughs> we well, solved the have collusion. I have, you know, uh, here's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so lighten things up. Uh, so, so Zuckerberg has a podcast now. Yeah, which I was excited at first, and then oh, I, yeah, it turns I out have, it's just yeah, going to be some. Uh, yeah. I you probably didn't want to listen to the whole thing. No, of course not. Uh, and so I, 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 now I did cut a few things out, and but for the most part, I think I've got. I've got the essence of, of his podcast <laughs> skills. Hold on, stop. Whenever you say you cut a few things out, I'm thinking there's a John C. Dvorak montage of epic proportion coming down the pipe. Well, let's find out. Hey, everyone. Today, uh, I've traveled to Berlin um, um, that, that publishes, um, and you, you've really dedicated your career to, um, of, uh, of, of, the, of, of, of the, um, um, and, and I don't know if, if, if you want to, you want to start off there. We have a lot of stuff to cover and, 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 in the, um, 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 to, um, 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 to, um, um, let me guess you have uh quite a beard growth this morning <laughs> seeing as you use all your razor blades no <laughs> good one <laughs> that's pretty much the podcast there's a lot of podcast news today and before you go into the podcast news, I want to say, did you listen to DH Unplugged? Yeah. Horowitz apparently found some research that indicates there are 500,000 podcasts. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. It's just like. Sure. Sure. It's just like blogs. Now, the best, the, there's two things happening. And the best is this, uh, 
Netflix of podcasting, which I've now heard <laughs> Spotify is going to be the Netflix of pod. Amazon Audible was going to be the Netflix of podcasting. <laughs> and now we have this new app, Luminary, the Netflix of podcasting, where you become a, uh, they have exclusive podcasts that you can't get anywhere except inside <laughs> their app. Yeah, great. But well, you're, no one's going to listen to those podcasts. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, didn't we go through all of this once before? Haven't we been around this horn? So, uh, so first about being the Netflix of anything. This is it's like being the Uber of anything. Yeah, someone said correctly. Well, Reed Hastings is worth the three point seven billion dollars. Yeah, they burn ten million dollars a month at Netflix. They're not in a in a money making operation, nor is Uber. They are not money making companies. Really losing this butt. Yeah, so they, so they lose. Netflix had to pay a hundred million dollars just to keep friends on their uh, on their system. You know, and and when you are the conduit between the content and the consumer, it is a horrible business to be in. Trust me, I know it's true. Um, because the minute you have success with something, the price goes up. That's just how it works. So <laughs> Friends, Friends hasn't been on for what, 20 years now? When did Friends go off the $100 million in licensing fee? Yeah. But, so here's the problem, another mistake that is an obvious one, and we've seen it happen before with this luminary. Um, so, of course, they, they want to make free podcasts like the No Agenda Show available uh, to people in their, in their super secret app. And so, you know, so they're paying certain, I think, uh, they have some famous people doing podcasts. That doesn't matter. Good on them. So, you know, someone's making some good money doing a show for this luminary outfit. But, and this happened, we've seen this before, and I can't believe that they fell for it or didn't do their research. Apparently, in that app, they are sucking in the individual shows. So, this episode, which would be... NA-1132-209-04-25 final.mp3 they store that on their own server so that they can count downloads against it to ultimately sell ads around our show or any other yeah. free show sure well that's a copyright violation you can't do that how is it a copyright violation you literally take a copy of our show and sell ads around it that's a violation yeah but we're aren't we common uh with attribution isn't that i think it's doable yeah, so what if in the middle of the show all of a sudden there's a stop and then an ad comes on you're okay well, that, with that there isn't it that that can't be done but they can do it right before the show starts i would think so yeah we well, understand that a lot of other podcasters who do not employ the value for value model are A, angry because they won't get a piece of that. B, they can't track it. They can't track how many people used Luminary to play the show. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. So this is a backlash of epic and yet in completely predictable proportions for this $100 million startup. What a bunch of idiots. Well, depends on what you call idiot. They are possibly just working on the uh, investment dime. In other words, you give yourself a, you know, you can't overdo it, but you can, you can live for a couple of years on a couple hundred million dollars investment into your company. You have to pay a lot of people to keep the, the 
the spinning plates in the air. Yeah. It, it, but, it, you know, it's something to do. <laughs> the thing is, we've been through this. I mean, even oh, yeah. even Podshow had a version well, of this. This is the on the investors. The investors, the, the dumb money that puts money into these things, never what, – what, what's the last time, for example, there's all these – there are major companies that put money into these podcasting schemes. Gimlet and all the rest of them are highly financed. Yeah. Has any of the uh, the VCs, the venture capital guys, the guys who, who really have to do due diligence because it's usually somebody else's money they're using, did they ever call Adam Curry, the guy who invented the whole thing, and actually ran a network called Pod Show? Does anybody ever call you just re routinely to, to talk to you so they don't make a stupid mistake when they throw the, the money down the drain? No. Never. No. No. Never. Never. That makes no sense <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, so now because of this, there's calls for unionization. Yes, this is this <laughs> again. Is, this, this is our both. I think we both join on this as being <laughs> the silliest thing ever. Podcast monetization problems, a call for unionization and platform exclusivity. This, too, has been discussed 15 years ago. We've been it's through true. all of it. You can probably just bing it, and you will find the answers to these problems, which are, fuck, you can't do it. It's not going to happen. It's not how it works. You also, most people do not deserve to make money with their podcast because it's not, it doesn't attract enough interested people, uh, or it's just shit. It's like blogs. I remember the or whole both. The blog was the same thing. Well, I'm writing now. I should get paid for my writing. We went through this oh, just over and over again. Well, this reminds me of uh, the British Podcast Awards. Oh, yes. This is British sponsored podcast, by BBC. BritishPodcastAwards.com slash vote. British you can go there. Now, they do have their categories, but you can't vote on those. But there's a thing at the top that says vote, and it's called the People's Choice Awards. Yep. If you type in the search engine, no agenda, you will see a whole list of no agenda connections. Yeah, with, a, with, a phony, with a phony baloney show is the first one, which pisses me off. The, one, the first one on my list was the No Agenda Podcast. The first one was the No Agenda Podcast with the Rolling Stones tongue. Is that what you voted for? I didn't vote. You didn't vote for your own show? Why? Well, what kind of Academy member are you? <laughs> I'm going to vote. It's the second I not, one. I was on a, I was on a uh, phone browser and I couldn't see anything to vote on. But so the first one's a fake? Yeah. There's, there's five or six in there. And, our, and it, doesn't, it just says no agenda. It doesn't say the official no agenda. Well, this is a scam then. Yes. We'll, we'll never get our Peabody this way. There, well, it works me. There were podcasts that won Peabody Awards, by the way. Yeah, but they're all, they're all repurposed yes. broadcast yeah. shows. Yeah, it's all NPR stuff. Yeah. yeah, there was not one real podcast. Yeah. Well, I'm disappointed if what you said is true. Yeah. Happy Anzac Day. New Zealand and Australia, as we've we've done this before, twenty fifth of April, twenty fifth of April, nineteen fifteen. Uh, New Zealand and Australia remember the landings at 
Gallipoli, I think it is. Gallipoli? Uh, Gallipoli. Gallipoli, the first major international war action neither of their armies was involved in. <laughs> so they commit, What? Yeah, well, it's, it's like a... a, a vet- I don't remember this bit. It, well, no, it's like, a, it's like a Veterans Day. Huh. Gallipoli. Well, I just wanted to say, happy Anzac. I remember the last time we talked about it, we couldn't figure out what Anzac meant. And of course, the NZ is for New Zealand, and we have Australia. Well, this is also the uh, the little period where we the Spanish American War started in 1898. Yes, you wrote quite extensively about that in the newsletter. Well, not too extensively, but extensively enough that it killed the uh, <laughs> no one donated <laughs> component. As well usual. done. Hey, nice. Hey, I want some content in the newsletter. Okay, stop begging <laughs> for money. Content. Okay, here's some content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, well, yes, exactly. I, I feel obliged to put content in the newsletter once in a while, and it's just every, it always comes out the same. Yes, it doesn't work. It's not a good it idea. Doesn't work. It doesn't nope. work. People talk a big game again, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Everybody talks a big game about wanting content, but, you know, when you give it to them, they don't. You get right down to it. it. Nah, not really. No. But that was a quite, quite the phony baloney war. And one of our early false flags. <laughs> yes. It blew up the main. I like the picture. The photo with the little sailors <laughs> flying in the air. <laughs> Blasted into the sky. The yeah, worst. There was a, let me see. What do you want to do? I have a couple. I, got a, I found a lot of hoax and fake things. Actually, if we can just switch to Green New Deal for a second. I think we can do which that. Which I'm sure you're happy to do. Um, PBS had a, uh, had a guy on Adam Higginbotham and he's written a book about Chernobyl. The, uh, I would say the most used example of reasons not to employ or deploy nuclear energy because, you know, Hey, tens of thousands of people died, you know, people all over Europe got cancer was horrible. Or was it? I'm pretty sure. What have we said consistently on this show for the past 11 years about Chernobyl? I don't know. That it was bullshit. That, that there was not that tens of thousands of people didn't die. And that, the, oh, and the, and that, that the, no, the thing did melt down. It wasn't bullshit. No, it melted down. Sure. But it's not like the area is dead. It's greener than it's ever been. They've capped yeah. that thing off. It was a nuclear. It was a military nuclear facility. So it's yeah, it, it was, was more severe than stuff. anything. But it's it's one. It's pretty much the aside from Fukushima, and most people from Fukushima died from the tsunami. This has always been heralded as all these people died. So this guy has written a book, and it's really about technology and how we shouldn't trust technology. But some interesting details came out. This is PBS. This is almost 33 years ago, and here you are putting out a book now. What, what's untold about it? Uh, well, I would say that the, the principal aspect of what's untold about it is that this version of the story is true. Um, what did we get wrong? Well, because the Soviet government did such an excellent job of attempting to cover up the truth at the beginning. Mm. You know, most people's conceptions of what happened uh, are kind of rooted in the initial um, propaganda that the Soviet Union put out. 
and also um, the misinformation that resulted from a lack of information. So, for example, you know, a lot of people still think that tens of thousands of people died almost immediately as a result of this accident. That's not the case. That's not the case. And, and, but part of the reason for that is, is Western correspondents in Moscow weren't allowed access to any information. So they did their best with kind of rumors and hearsay, with the result that I think within a week of the accident, the New York Post was reporting that 15,000 people had died, and their bodies buried in a nuclear waste dump somewhere in Ukraine. And when in fact it was what? When in fact the death toll from the accident by that point was two. Two. One man died in the initial explosion. A second um, man died by dawn that day as a result of burns he sustained in the explosion. And then how do we calculate the ones who sort of got horrible cancers? I mean, the official figures are that within five months, another 29 people had died as a result of, as a result of radiation exposure they received mm -hmm. in those few hours after the first explosion. But then when you start to try... Uh, two. Not 15,000, two. And then another 29 from direct exposure to the open cores at the time. And that's just kind of glossed over. Oh. <laughs> Tens of thousands. Yeah. Yeah. New York died Post. Died yeah. this horrible nuclear, yeah. nuclear disaster. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> and it did. Well, look at the way they, you know, and here's the thing about it. You know, the, the media plays this thing. So we, we, we don't have the benefits of, of, nuclear power like the French do. And we could, but we don't because they, we all the reactors are custom made and they, right. they're too expensive and it's a jip. But here's the thing that gets me about the anti-nuke propaganda. So Fukushima goes off and you end up with, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of chit-chat about the waste is headed our way. We're all going to get wiped out on the West Coast or all the irradiated this and that. Wait, and you wait, have wait. With Don't we have that guy with the Geiger counter on the beach? The guy with the Geiger counter on the beach. And then we have people like Alex Jones, hold who on. seems to be on the right. Yeah, hold on. The hold right on. side. Listen to this. This is from uh, one of our clips from 2013. The Geiger counter on the beach. Here I am. I'm over background. The alarm's going off. Here I am on the beach. <laughs> there you go. That's sort of the levels we're dealing with here. And I'm standing um, straight up. This camera's up. This was the kind of shit that was going on. Oh, we got it on the beach. It's, it's in the it's in the tuna. It's in the and sushi. So the, yeah, so you can't eat the fish. But the the point I was making is you have the right wingers uh, who should be pro nuke selling iodine tablets. <laughs> selling iodine, that's right. <laughs> As if we're all going to die because of this Fukushima. We're coming in. They'll be here next week. It's a cloud. The cloud is coming over and California. The cloud and all the rest of it. I mean, come on. The dolphins are carrying nuclear plastic. All kinds of stuff like this. And now we have another hoax, another Green New Deal hoax. Very disappointing that the famous Sir David Attenborough has been, is a part of this Our Planet. Oh, yeah, he's co-opted completely. Yeah, and it's really good. Well, first of all, the guy has such a seminal voice for documentaries. It's just ple pleasant to listen to him, and he instills trust. Um, Netflix has a promo out for Our Planet, it's a do documentary series. 
narrated by the same David Attenborough. And it features a scene of walruses falling off of a cliff, bouncing, I don't know if you've seen this, bouncing on the rocks and then dying at the bottom in a bloody mess. And then, you know, the, and, the, and the next one jumps off and it falls backwards and it just dies on top of the other <laughs> one. And these are big animals. And, well, here's the scene um, from this uh, uh, from the uh, from the documentary, you'll note that the people talking about what's happening and why this is happening is not David Attenborough. It's the camera guy, and it's uh, I guess a producer. Or I'm not sure what her credentials are, and she's crying. Here we go. Why are they going up there? Like literally to the top of the rockiest part of the cliff. Once at the top of the 80-meter cliffs, they rest until it's time to return to the sea in search of food. That's the last little section, isn't it? The really steep bit, and they all just... It's really steep, that bit. One's going to go. There's one right on the edge. And now it's falling off in slow motion bashing its head against the rocks, blood spurting out, falling down. There's probably two or three hundred dead walrus on, like, a half-mile stretch of pitch here. They're exhausted because they're having to swim a hundred miles now to get to food, and then coming back here because it's the only place to sleep. They used to sleep on the ice, dive down, eat food, sleep on the ice, easy. And now they're swimming a hundred miles, coming to this place, climbing cliffs, and they're just exhausted and falling down, and either being killed falling or just crushing each other because there's several thousand crammed onto little tiny bits of beaches. This is the sad reality of climate change. Um, They'd be on the ice right now if they could be, Um, but there's no option but to come to land. They're just a danger unto themselves. Um, Really hard to watch and witness this. It's just... It's just so heartbreaking. Oh, it's so horrible. This is the worst thing that climate change has done to anything or anyone. You see, after the polar bears didn't die off because of climate change, in fact... Their population increased substantially. Increased substantially. Now the walrus is the new polar bear. And they're using... Sounds like it. And they're using this to say because there's not enough ice, they are driven onto land... And there's too many of them, and then they fall off the rocks to their death. <laughs> Unfortunately, nothing Where could be further from the truth. Uh, this is called a land haul, and walruses do this periodically. They did it in the 1980s. When the population outstrips the food supply, they, have, they do this land haul maneuver, and they kill themselves in order to ensure there's enough food for the younger generation. And in fact, uh, the walrus population is doing quite well. It's up from 100,000 to 300,000. But yet, because of global warming, they're throwing themselves off of the cliff. A total lie. Yeah. Shameful. But hey, you could be the Netflix of podcasting. (laughs) Next, I have the clip of these... Climate change. Now, I want you to just pay careful attention here. Climate change 
big numbers of democracy now. In climate news, an alarming new report published in the journal Nature Communications finds without immediate action to curb greenhouse gas emissions, melting Arctic permafrost could add as much as $70 trillion to the overall economic impact of climate change. Wow. $70 trillion Nice. From melting ice. <laughs> and whose numbers were those? Uh, she never said. I couldn't find them. But I'm sure somebody came up with them. $70 trillion, that's a lot of money. Uh, but the $70 trillion, I think, what's our GNP is like? I, I don't know. One or two trillion. I mean, it's like the whole, the whole world has to shut down to pay for this stuff. It's bull crap. It's just bull crap. Yeah. 70 trillion. It was an interesting. Now I got to look up the GNP. See what it there is. was an interesting uh, uh, research study uh, published by the University of Chicago about the renewable portfolio standards. Something I had not heard of before. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Our, our, our GNP is uh, 19.6 trillion. So this would be the entire production of the United States for three, actually more than three years, three and a half years, to to fix the problem of the melting ice. Anyway. Oh, on. okay. Sorry. Well, in, unless, you know, something else horrible is made up to go along with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shut it down. Renewable portfolio standards, something that's been going on since... The turn of the, mil the millennium. And individual states have these RPSs, which is the amount of renewable energy you have to uh, have. And there's a sliding scale for it. Turns out there's 29 states that have these renewable portfolio standards. Texas being one of them, surprisingly. And uh, so, you know, as we know, and, and I think you see more energy companies advertising this fact these days we played one a couple shows ago when you have more renewable energy you need more uh, gas fired energy or it could be nuclear but gas is these are the people that are the happiest they're like hey we're all in shit we'll build some windmills no problem and here's what the numbers break down to um just to give you an, an idea of what you really need in actual plant uh, capital or capacity to go uh, to keep in stride with the renewables. And it's a very lengthy report. But the idea is um, renewables have a 30% capacity factor. So if you want to go to 50% renewable, you have to build 166% renewable capacity, which means you need to have 115% base load provided by fossil fuels, such as um, gas. So to get to the 50% renewable portfolio standard, you need 281% to assure 100% base load power. So fossil fuel companies are going to make out like bandits because of this. And that's the, that's the truth of your Green New Deal. 200, so that we're talking almost a threefold increase. That's a lot of gas. 
Yeah, it's too much. I, and I put these uh, this research in the show notes. Um, it's as I said, it's like a fifty page document, um, but it's all from uh, University of Chicago, so pretty reliable. And it just shows you that this is where we're headed. You're you're literally making the fossil fuel companies rich. And I'm not, I'm, you know, hey, consider nuclear. <laughs> That's never done. That's why the thing is scamish. Well, I think because of these numbers now, I think the nuclear industry is becoming interesting to investors. But wait a minute. If we need to have that kind of a, of a baseline power load, then, you know, the billion-dollar investment per nuke plant kind of looks okay over time. And I, and I think you're going, you will see this change. It has to. I don't think we can even provide that much natural gas. <laughs> A lot of fracking going on. <laughs> well, yeah. The whole country will sink because of the fracking, but yeah, we'll have renewable energy. I just thought that was a fascinating uh, set of numbers. It's scary. Well, let's go to Sri Lanka then and catch up with this. Okay. Do you have any reports? I got some thoughts on it. I got one uh, from ITN, and then I have an ISO, which is part two, uh, four-second clip of part two of this, which is standalone ISO. It just so happens to be the part two. But report from Sri Lanka, IT, this is independent television news. The police trying to usher people away from the first of a series of controlled explosions they conducted across the capital today. A nervous public watching on as they dealt with another suspicious vehicle. Security is at its highest level here, even at the morgue where relatives are still arriving to identify the dead. With the country's churches still in lockdown, details have started to emerge about those responsible for the Easter Sunday attacks. This house in a quiet residential area of Colombo was where the family of two brothers responsible for the hotel bombings lived. When police raided the property on Sunday, the wife of one of the men triggered a suicide vest. Senaka lives on the same street. The woman killed herself, her two children and three policemen. Neighbour Mohammed knew the bomber's father and can't believe his family were responsible. Almost everybody knows from this lane, you know, he's a famous guy and he's a rich guy and he's a good guy too. He never thought this will happen from his house. It's a really big shock for everyone. The government have confirmed all nine suicide bombers were from well-off Sri Lankan families and one of them studied in the UK. A worker at a copper factory owned by the Cinnamon Grand bomber told us they were shocked when the bomb squad turned up. Looking, he's very, very good man. <laughs> Can I guess that's the ISO? <laughs> no, the ISO is what he has to say next. Inside, Iblis. Iblis, understand? Very bad. Very bad. <laughs> you understand English what? <laughs> very bad. Now, a um, couple of things that have not been pointed out by anybody. And, and I want to hear your thoughts also, which I'm sure are more interesting than what I'm going to explain, which is that they showed a video of uh, the, one of the bombers walking down through town and then going into one of the churches that blew up. And he clearly had a backpack on. And it appears as if the backpack was filled with explosives. Uh-huh. 
And in Western countries, and Sri Lanka is pretty much Westernized, it's not an, it's not weird to see people wandering around. And I've always felt this is a bad trend, wandering around with backpacks filled with stuff. They go to the store with their backpacks. I yeah. go to the store the other day, and there's people with backpacks on in a vegetable store, and you know, and they turn around, and the backpack hits you. And <laughs> the back, yes, and it's the same the same thing on the airline. Airplane, the guy comes yeah. in with the huge backpack and he's waggling it off and he the rolling you know wheels were invented for a reason (laughs) but okay you want to carry around a load your shirt but you're going to walk around this back but i think these guys have switched and so when they said that this woman blew up a vest to kill the her her herself ah yes i I don't believe so i believe it was a backpack and i think that the the future of these these uh bombers is backpacks not vests. It's too hot. Nobody's be well. I mean, in the Middle East, the, the people do this because they wear black and it's 140 degrees out. But in other countries, like Sri Lanka, being a good example, people are in short sleeves. They don't really have a. There's no. They're not going to be wearing a vest, but they will be carrying around backpacks. And I think this needs to be. Uh, I think they the the bombers have figured this out. Well, David Hogg can sell some of his uh, clear plastic backpacks. Could be required by law. Yeah, it could be. Well. So you had some thoughts on this. Yeah, there's a number of things going on. And first of all, it's always disturbing to realize that the United States Navy started uh, a huge exercise in Sri Lanka uh, on the 19th of April. A multi-day exercise. So we, we had a lot of people there in the port. Just always interesting to note whenever you have that going on i think that well it's obvious that this operation was not just some willy-nilly thing uh it was organized quite well um we immediately had a boogeyman who we never heard of before national tauhith jamaat immediately right away just like 9-11 we had oh here's a passport this is it's got to be these guys and please recall that we had two clips from Fox News when uh, the Notre Dame was burning, people saying, hey, wait a minute, there's something going on with the uh, you know, churches and people, and they shut them down, shut up, you can't talk about it. Not a typical Fox News move who love conspiracy, certainly if it's anti-Islamic. Uh, I think that this interrupted the operation, and the last thing the people running this Sri Lanka operation wanted was people calling out or more hate being generated against Islamists in Europe versus where this took place. Uh, two clips here just to uh, give you some thoughts as a former, a quote, former FBI agent on Fox News. I think it's with Shep Smith, actually. Um, and this is the intelligence community's line and i know that because i got an email from pachenik and and you know fully recognizing he's my handler to a degree his email said you should do a show about how christians have been persecuted all around you know the world i've been tracking this forever this you he's never told me to do a show about Mm -hmm. anything he's never even listened to the show as far as i know (laughs) <laughs> seriously he, he keeps saying how's your radio show okay fine it's great it's a great radio show 
So that to me said something. Ah, you want to be pushing the anti-Christian meme. I'm not so sure. Let's listen to the FBI guy first who's read in on the topic. And retired FBI Special Agent Bobby Chacon. Bobby, thank you for being here this morning. Tough news, but not... It's not Shep, obviously. For someone like you, this is not something new. We've seen Muslim radical terrorist groups attacking Christians around the globe. What does this attack tell you? Well, it's an outreach, right? So we've had relative stability in Sri Lanka for at least the 10 years since the civil war ended. So it tells me that this uh, radical ideology is spreading um, the Indian subcontinent now being attacked. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's another sign that the Middle East is not the, um, the sole source of these attacks and that we'll see more of these attacks in places where we've seen relative stability. Okay, and how do yeah, they... Yeah, yeah, boy. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you can wait for it. So they're setting something up. Yeah, this group, NJT, you're, you're right, there hasn't been... Oh, we even have an acronym for them now, NJT. Did you yeah, still... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, this is very quick, these things, John. Never heard of these NJT guys. Pop, there they are on the scene, pushed yeah, by can everybody. I stop you for a second and mention one thing, because there was a lot of battling going on. We heard about all the terrorism going on in Sri Lanka, but we have to always remember that during that era, which just ended... Ten years ago, as the civil war, out, civil war, it well, it wasn't a civil war as much as it was terrorism, uh, but between two opposing forces, but it was Buddhists, Buddhists, Buddhists. and Hindus, yes. And this, there was no Muslim component, in, but now all of a sudden there is. In fact, the you're jumping the gun a little bit, but you're correct. The Muslim population is very small, under 10% in Sri Lanka. Christian population, about 7%. The majority are Buddhists. If you're going to send a message to somebody, which this is, and I'll get to that, you don't, especially in light of the... Um, the okay, I, it's historians call it civil war, everything I've read, but it was Hindus against Buddhists. And in fact, you had radical Buddhists. So we don't want to spark off something internally. We got to blow somebody up. Well, we're not going to blow up uh, Muslims. Let's blow up some Christians. And, you know, by the way, there were hotels, not necessarily, there were three hotels, three churches. So not necessarily all places of worship. But you want to avoid the Hindus or the Buddhists because that could set off some other stuff when you're just doing this to send a very clear message. Yeah, this group, NJT, you're, you're right. There hasn't been radical Islamic terrorism in Sri Lanka, but their aim is to spread the global Islamist movement to that country. So suicide bombings, um, those are the types of things we saw from al-Qaeda and ISIS. I mean, is this part of that same strand still alive? Sure, and, and make no mistake, while sure. they're identifying this sure. local group oh, as yeah. the one that carried it out, the planning and the support that was needed to carry out an attack like this has undoubtedly been supported by significant assistance from outside of Sri Lanka. I would not be surprised if the investigation determines that there was significant assistance coming from groups outside that country to support an operation like this. It was very coordinated, very planned. Um, this small local group inside Sri Lanka, um, while it could have carried out an attack like this, um, I doubt that they did so without material support from outside that country. So we have to look at ISIS. We have to look at al-Qaeda. We have to look at some of the other international groups that are, uh, that are able to um, send that kind of support, both financial, training, um, bomb-making equipment, bomb-makers, and those kind of things. I would imagine they're going to find a lot of that support came from outside. Sri outside. Out he makes it clear. Outside, outside, outside. Okay, yeah, outside. You have said it many more times before it became obvious.
Remember that both Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama tweeted about Easter worshipers? All, part, all people who I believe, and I know this sounds crackpotty, but I believe they all knew something was coming. They didn't know exactly what it was, but they knew something was coming. It was a big message to Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka has had an ongoing dispute with India. India does not want them in bed with China as part of One Belt, One Road. What has China just done? They have poured hundreds of billions of dollars into the port, the very port where the U.S. Navy was during this attack, doing an exercise. I believe, and you look at the political uh, things that political things have gone on with an appointment of a uh, of an um, interior minister who was then kicked out because India didn't want it because that guy was friendly to China. This was India with help from, I think, us, sending a message saying, uh, screw you, you have to get China out of there, we can't, it's very important, in the, in this, again, it's in the shipping lane, look at, on the map where Sri Lanka is. Yeah, it's a part of the choke points. The Chinese have put, they've militarized parts of this port, part of this base, so we're there to make sure they don't go crazy and do something while well, this operation takes place. It can't be... Uh, Buddhists or uh, Hindi, it has to be, well, we're not going to do Muslims, so might as well do the Christians in a couple of hotels. And I think people fucking knew about it. That's why they were trying to keep it calm. We don't want this huge thing. We only want it focused on this one little group in Sri Lanka, this group, by the way, which trained apparently in the same area where the Tamil Tigers trained. And I'm pretty sure we all know who trained the Tamil Tigers because that was the U.S. Same as ISIS. It's it, this is really unbelievable. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. I think we had a lot to do with it. I wouldn't be surprised. I have no evidence of that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Now, all we have uh, is is uh, parallels to past events, and when you have something that happens like this, and you immediately yeah, point towards a small very group. very sketchy. Mm-hmm. And, and then that, there's this new group, and they're named instantly. I, I mean, they're all the earmarks of, of, a, of a hoax. And here's not, the, not a hoax that didn't happen, because nowadays they don't care if they kill anybody. So I, so I replied to Pachanik's email, and I said, yeah, that's, uh, you know, persecution happens, but I can't, and I, and I laid it out, so I can't get past the, past the fact of this, this Chinese deal, the Indians very vocal. No, not just us. Um, I have a whole article here about uh, William Avery saying India must kick China out of Sri Lanka. I mean, this is this is not something that just happened. And I laid out this this idea to him. He never replied to it. I sent him another email. He replies to that almost three minutes later. So, you know, I think in his older age, he's not getting too good at the handling because the idea is, oh, keep everyone focused on Christians, Christians. And of course it was Christians. Big problem. And there's a lot of good – well, that's what the UN sex slave resolution was about, Christians, uh, which just went through. I have a clip oh. here if you want to play that. Yeah, hold on. I didn't know anything about this. The United Nations Security Council passed a resolution Tuesday aimed at ending rape as a weapon of war after the U.S. used a veto threat to strip the measure of any mention of sexual and reproductive health. The Trump administration's successful move to water down the measure over its opposition to abortion was blasted by France's U.N. ambassador, who said, quote, it's intolerable and incomprehensible that the Security Council is incapable of acknowledging 
acknowledging that women and girls who suffered from sexual violence and conflict and who obviously didn't choose to become pregnant should have the right to terminate their pregnancy, unquote. The resolution was championed by Nobel Peace Laureate Nadja Murad, a Yazidi Kurdish human rights activist from Iraq. She was kidnapped by the Islamic State, repeatedly raped as she was held as a sex slave for almost three months. Wow. Where did this take place? This was what? The sex slave? The sex slave, yeah. No, no, that was they're referring to the uh, that whole ISIS incident where they grabbed oh, all these Yazidi oh, oh, Christian okay. yes, women. Yes, 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 yes. It's a Christian angle again. It's the Christians from Yazidi. I also saw and, Amal uh, Amal Clooney was at the UN talking about this. Yeah, and so everyone's talking about it, but they're all there to, to trash Trump because apparently the administration doesn't want this to be just a, 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 a some sort of a government funded abortion operation. That's the way they see it. But and then I have the other clip I have is a Sri Lankan's official apologizes. And there is some inter- information in here when you say uh, this was uh, these guys knew this was coming. It might be kind of hinted in this clip. Sri Lankan officials apologized Monday for failing to respond to multiple tip-offs ahead of Sunday's eight attacks. A confidential memo circulated among Sri Lankan security agencies gave the names, addresses and phone numbers of some of the suspects. It's not clear why authorities failed to act on the warnings. One surveillance video showed a suspect wearing a backpack casually strolling towards St. Sebastian Church north of Columbus minutes before a bomb ripped through a crowd of Easter Sunday worshippers, killing more than a hundred of them. On Tuesday, the self-proclaimed Islamic State claimed responsibility for the bombings. The group circulated a video purporting to show eight members of a Sri Lankan cell pledging allegiance to the group. Mm. Now, I have to say that generally speaking, when the ISIS people said that they did something, it's usually something they did, like the Vegas attack, for example. Right, right. Which we've had, there's nothing but a mess. But I'm wondering if we have, because ISIS has been pretty much wiped out of Syria and their headquarters are going to, we don't even know who's running the place. So how are you going to get an official pronouncement from them unless the. Right. the Official pronouncers are now co-opted. It could be our military intelligence, this or, is, or CIA saying the, well, these things. We kind on of know of ISIS. We kind of know who ISIS is and who trained them in Jordan and you know who gave them weapons in Syria. We kind of know them. Yeah, well, that's why we gave. Them, we also gave them like a whole cache of weaponry. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was yeah. That was trained by our group. But thanks, Obama. <laughs> pretty much so. uh we've we uh, i did i didn't notice time just flew by so it is high time for me to thank you for your courage and say in the morning to you the man who always puts the c in crackpot john c dvorak uh, in the morning to mr adam curry also in the morning to all the ships and sea feet on the ground subs in the water uh, feet in the air. Dame's out there. Nights and, and Dame's and nights out there. Yeah. <laughs> in the morning to everybody in the troll room. Hello, trolls. Noagendastream.com is where you can always drop by during the live show, uh, chat along, uh, troll me, troll everybody else, uh, maybe be helpful, you know, crack jokes, one liners, work on your comedy routine. Uh, and it's a, a place you can always hang out 24 7. The stream is always going with tons of great shows. Noagendastream.com. Also in the morning to there he is again, Darren O'Neill, bringing us the Easter artwork for episode 1131. The title of that was Chud. 
C-H-U-D. A classic. We love it. You got Easter eggs with all of our little no agenda. That's true and sure and glitch and crackpot and Earth Day and ITM and lone woof. <laughs> woof. 420 oh, egg. Woof. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a perfect piece. We appreciated that. And he and Darren was so smart. He gave us two versions. One had chud on an egg. And he did one without Chud, thinking that we might pick that as the title. And how smart he is. Noagendaartgenerator.com. Thank you, Darren. That's, uh, it's such a great contribution to the show. It also, now, when, uh, you're, when you're voting, when you're voting for uh, the No Agenda podcast over that BBC Podcast Awards, it helps because you'll see the most recent yeah, but you won't artwork. You'll be able to figure out which one to vote for. They have too many, can- they have too many <laughs> icons crop. Well, for people who listen to the show, they'll recognize our current artwork. That's, that did show up for me, our current artwork, the eggs. So that's the one you want to hit or the one for this show, whatever it is. Well, we got screwed. We, of course we get screwed. <laughs> All right. Well, let's thank a few people who. Um... Now, who was the uh, – now, the, the show that we're talking about that had the uh, – what was the artwork that Darren did? I'm not understanding your question. On Chud? Yeah. Oh, he, he did the same piece of art, only he put Chud on one of the eggs, and then he did a version but without Chud. that wasn't Chud. him. That was Uncle Cave Bear. Are you sure? Am I giving the wrong person credit here? Yeah, it's Uncle Cave Bear. We, uh, he came. Uh, Darren O'Neill's piece was not, it was just a no agenda on the egg. Oh, then I gave the wrong person credit. Oh, I'm sorry. Uncle Cave Bear. Well, good catch, John. Huh. Okay, I'll fix that. Yeah. Uh, well, after that whole, sh- I'm, glad, I'm glad there's two of us. This is good news. News bomb! News bomb! Work bar. Yes, uh, Archduke, uh, or he's actually Grand Duke, I believe, maybe not, in Virginia Beach, uh, Nussbaum. He says, lifelong friend, uh, uh, shipmate, lifelong friend, shipmate, and brother from the Armed Forces MC passed last night. Uh, All is not well. K, N, K, and J. Oh, sorry to hear that. He lost a friend. Hmm. Anyway, came that in with three hundred thirty-three dollars and thirty-three cents, and we'll uh, uh, give him a moment of silence. Kendra Hartzell in Riverside, California, came with the same amount, and she actually wrote in okay. an email, which I didn't catch to begin with, but I caught it now. Uh, Dear John and Adam, just want to say thank you for the media deconstruction. Your show provides so much value. Thanks to my favorite, thanks to my favorite son. He knows who he is. For introducing me to the best podcast in the universe. Nice. Uh, NJNK. All right. Thank you very much, Kendra. Sweet, sweet, straight up note. Easy. Now, those are our two executive producers. We go down to John Kresick, $222.22. We don't have a lot of people today. Um, For show 1132 should be Thursday. Uh, Please accept this donation from two proud parents on behalf of our son, Andrew Kresick. He also is celebrating his 18th birthday this week. Andrew's graduating from high school. (laughs) Yes. He already understands the formula and is mentally prepped for college. 
The show is a great product. Can you play two to the head, goat scream, and can you see that juice? I wonder what school he's going to. If he's going to be a a no-agenda-prepped college uh, university student, that should be interesting. Yeah. And and he needs to tell us how everything is going. (laughs) Yes, and you're on the list. Fantastic. See that juice? You've got karma. We have James Martin at $200. He says, I was one of the attendees at the Portland meetup on Saturday. Had a great time meeting everyone. Hope to see you all in the future. Also, I used to listen to the show Sped Up with the silences taken out. Ah. That's a double whammy. Uh But now I like the more natural sound of the original audio as it gives me some mental breaks especially when at work, which is where I listen most of the time. And finally, meetup.com does suck. N-J-N-K. <laughs> yes. That's why we do what you do in technology. If you don't like what's out there, make one of your own. I will say... How I, hard is it to code this stuff? You know, I was looking for uh, a particular segment on an old show, and I went to noagendaplayer.com, which is completely new. Have you seen this thing recently? No, I have not. Noagendaplayer.com is it's beautiful. And and I don't I mean this the, the producer who's done this, because we you know we don't maintain or build any of these sites. Um I don't think we own we don't even have the domain name. Noagendaplayer.com. Um he could sell this. He could open this up to any podcast. It's so fantastic. And now you have the ability to uh, annotate. Uh, so you can come in and you can say, you know, like SoundCloud, you say, here, I want to put a little note here. Here's where this topic of discussion started. And it was so helpful. It's just fantastic. Just a little plug. It's a good plug. Well, this is what this is what the Value for Value Network is. Yeah, I, I don't mind you plugging the thing. It sounds yeah. terrific. Yeah, we have thousands of producers and uh, we have no advertising. And yet here we are. And yet here we are. And we haven't unionized yet, although I'm thinking about it. <laughs> well, I'm going to bust your union. I'm a, I'm your scab. <laughs> You're going to scab I'm me a, out. I'm going to scab you out and do the 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 Adam Agenda podcast. Uh, Adam Agenda, John Agenda. Yeah. Dame G G money. G money. Dame G money. G money. Two hundred dollars. Hey guys, uh, what's the episode where you all tell us about how the show production works? 200 point something <laughs> whatever the, the highest number 200.8 i think or 200.6 and how producers can contribute with isos i don't know if we ever did a show about that and such <laughs> also my friend white cell is a douchebag oh hold on douchebag uh call her out we just did white cell you know you love the show gives some of that value for value love donating feels good Love you, mean it, Dame G Money. Well, okay. since uh, the, the, since we have no more executive or associate executive producers, I'll take a moment to uh, explain. Once again, this is the value for value model. We don't have an audience of listeners. We have a network of producers. Many producers just sit home, scratch their crotch, and say, great show. Sometimes they go out and they help uh, propagate the formula called hitting people in the mouth. Other people use their talents or their knowledge. So particular stories you can send in. Just adammccurry.com. Uh, I can say john at Dvorak.org. Does that work? Yeah, it yeah. tends to. Yeah. Or squeaky chair at Dvorak.org. No, I, I don't have that set up. 
Um, you Although could, the chair does want its own email address. And you can, uh, we have many different places where you can contribute, just annotating the show on noagendaplayer.com or going to, and there's also, I found the, what was it, the No Agenda, like one big PDF file. What the hell was that again? Damn it. Keep forgetting to promote that one. It's like, it's a, tra- it's a, it's a, it's a topic list of every show we've done. It's a huge PDF. Really? Yeah. God damn it. What show does it end at? The, the most recent one. Which one did it start at? Uh, I didn't look, but it was such a huge file. Now I forgot where, it, where you find it. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll find, uh, I'll find a link well, to it. Well, I like it. to find it myself. Yeah, you're gonna have to find I it. tweeted a link to it the other day. Oh, I missed that. So, it, so it's out there. Um, anyway, so people do that. Or you know, the art generator where artists uh, upload their art. These are all producers. And you'll find that people get out of the network what they put into it. Sometimes it's just accolades from your colleagues. Sometimes if, for, in art, it's just an, uh, an exercise. But people have, I know people who've never done a mix or a jingle in their life, and they've learned how to do it by sending stuff into the show. And some of it is just so bad, it's so funny, we love to play it. And then all of a sudden, these people turn into really good producers in that regard. Clips, I mean, just, just email it. Uh, if it's over 10 megabytes, please use WeTransfer or something like that, because it'll just get bounced back by my email server. And then one last tip. If you have something to share, either on Twitter or on email, it is not a good idea. You have to choose who you're going to send it to. Send it to John or send it to Adam. If you send it to both of us, what often happens is none of us, neither of us do anything with it. And that's the same with tweets. If you send something, a link to something, just give me the context. Where is it from? Who's talking? Just a file that shows up with, oh, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's how it works. That. And then we have, luckily, a portion of our producers who function like Hollywood does, where they finance the work that keeps Adam and John alive. And that is how you get an executive producer. Well, it keeps us from doing too many other things. That's the key. That is indeed the key. You're right. I mean, I tried for a little bit trying to do some crypto ICO coin scam. That didn't work. But we got some fu- some fun free shows out of the Netherlands for it. So I didn't pay to go over there. But anyway, yeah, well, that's good. Anyway, yes, that, that that's you're right. And I think the the less we do to make ends meet and just keep on the, the on this show. Hey, That's hey, our attitude. Well, yeah. How do you make as meat? We do very little. I, I, I've really <laughs> given. I've do. really given up on becoming a millionaire again. It's like, nah, I don't think I got any more ideas in me. I don't think I got any. I'm too tired. I want to go pitch stuff. I don't want to do anything corporate. I've been. I've completely corrupted myself. I'm patently unhireable. Well, it's, it's nice not to, you know, it's nice to be able to do the kind of do one thing. digging yeah. we do yeah. without having to worry about that. Because uh, people have no idea how hard it is to bring some of these topics up in a, in a commercial environment. It's not even it's possible. It's not even possible. No, you can't do it. You can't do it. It, it will won't not be accepted. let you talk about any of this stuff. It won't be accepted. You're exactly right. So that's the deal. And that's why this podcast is a real podcast. Unlike... <laughs> 
Yeah. Phony podcast. There's no, there's no unlike any phony baloney stuff. This is the real deal, ladies and gentlemen. And we want to thank these executive producers and associate executive producers of episode 1132. It's your show. You get to take that credit. You get to put it anywhere it works for you where credits are recognized and they are quite valuable. And we need support more than this, hopefully, for our next program, which will be on Sunday. Visit our donation page at Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Whether you use it or not, at least you have a better idea of what the real insurance policy was. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Hey everyone, today... Uh... Shut up, Thought I'd get more Zuck in there. Did you notice that Zuckerberg stars high everyone exactly the same way Scott Adams does? Uh, yeah, a little bit, I guess. I think that's where he got it from. I think he listened to Adams say, oh, that's how you do it. Even though <laughs> Scott Adams doesn't even do a podcast. It's a, it's a it's, periscope. It's it's no, a periscope. no, no, that's not it. He, he also puts an audio version out on an RSS feed. Yeah. So I thought Zuckerberg was derivative. Ter- well. No, but I'm saying that uh, Scott Adams does it on RSS feed. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's a podcaster then. Yeah. We'll, we'll give him that. We'll, we'll give him well, podcast. Maybe he doesn't want it. Maybe he thinks it's a humiliation. Can you hold on one second? Yeah. Let's see what we got here because we have not heard from my recorder for a while. Okay. Let me explain what happened. Let me explain what happened. Sorry about that. Um, we have moved. And. With a move come all kinds of small issues, such as uh, the dishwasher leaks, the oven doesn't work, the washing machine still hasn't showed up. We've had no washing machine for almost 10 days. Uh, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of things that don't work, and, and, and I had to do a lot of... I'm still getting no mail. have no mailbox. None. No mail. I don't exist. So the washing machine is coming today. Yeah. And uh, I have someone who will be waiting for it when it arrives. It, it wasn't going to come until May 24th. So you, you see, so I'm very, very uh, antsy to grab this now that it's coming. I was able to get one out of a different warehouse. Uh, but if you don't answer the call when they, when they call you 30 minutes before <laughs> delivery, then they will not deliver. So that's what that was. I'm sorry. Was and we're back, everybody. Yes, yeah, the washing machine. Well, I mean, was it the washing machine calling? Yes. Well, not the washing machine itself. Well, they, you know, nowadays with the smart <laughs> AI washing machines, they can call. We have, I have taken out everything. There's no more, there's nothing is wireless here. Nothing is connected. I have Honeywell uh, thermostats that just I love work. The Honeywell thermostat is a round one, right? No, no it, it is the electric one, the electronic one, but it, it's not, it has no Wi Fi oh. capability. Yeah, I do okay. not have a fridge with a Wi Fi, although. Every single one has the option. <laughs> Every single thing these days has a Wi-Fi option. No, I, I didn't do the Hue lights. Everything, screw it, done with it. I got uh, I got manual dimmers. You got to get up and walk to the wall and dim it. Oh no! Yes, exactly. Now we want less less signals in the house. Is the uh, this is a sanctuary except for the studio. Where I have so many noises, I have to get a different microphone because of the RF flying around this place. Hey, you were going on about something. No, I interrupted okay. you. You were going on about something. I don't remember. 
Well, I do okay. have some entremont. I got some median clips. There's some stuff that uh, I got the Klobuchar doing the Jeb Bush bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, where is it? I said the Klobuchar doing a Jeb Bush with a K. Got it. I am someone uh, that runs in a purple state. Every single time I have run, I have won every single congressional district in my state, including Michelle Bachman's. Okay? That's when you guys are supposed to cheer. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So lame. Please clap. Was it on the prompter then? But that was my first question. Was she reading it from prompter? I don't think so. Because these town halls are interesting. Where They're sitting down on kind of stool-like chairs and then the question is asked, and then the candidate always gets up and starts answering the question to the crowd. It's a, it's a very unnatural format and kind of goofy, to be honest. And now I'm just thinking perhaps that's, you know, you got to get up to see the prompter. That's possible. The other thing is, is like, if they're going to make these things so rigged and so scripted, put an applause sign up. People, when it turns on, people will gladly applaud. <laughs> we have need sign. Have, oh, yeah. have, have her finger on the button. Push we the need button. the applause sign. Exactly. The applause sign. <clears throat> you know, uh, you get a guy, the warm-up guy comes in, gets the crowd all jacked up. He's jumping up and down. And then he, he, then he will tell the, he will direct the audience to pay attention to the applause sign. And when you see it clap, it'll make the show that much better. So... California has been uh, in the in the news, certainly for San Francisco and Los Angeles, for the pooping on the streets, for um, the needles found everywhere. There's now a needle. No, a, a, there's a needle map in addition to the poop map. You, I think there's an app for it as well. San Francisco, uh, on the side, uh, they hand out four and a half million needles each year to drug addicts, and uh, because Starbucks did what they did and you know you anyone uh, has a human right to be in a starbucks no matter what your situation is now they are installing needle disposal boxes in the starbucks bathrooms and it seems that uh, this type of um, decriminalization um that we've seen in what was the the current metric in california for crimes that are no longer they i think they're called crimes of need i don't know what they're called but anything under a thousand dollars is no longer is, is no longer looked into it's no they longer don't care right the police don't care you get your car somebody comes by and cracks the windshield uh gonna cost you it's gonna cost you or your insurance company i don't know how many hundreds of dollars to fix but more than 10 cents and your time yeah. Uh, too bad. Well. But wait, I got the guy on videotape. I got that. Here he is. Uh, <laughs> we don't care. This is rolling out now in Dallas. When it comes to rolling out his new policy for justice reform in Dallas County, D.A. John Crusoe makes no apologies. We have an overcriminalization of America, and it starts with poor people and people of color. And we know that. Everybody knows it. Everybody says we're going to do something about it, but nobody ever does anything about it. And so that's why I'm acting. Council members listened as the DA outlined his plans to eliminate prosecution of certain low-level crimes, including marijuana offenses and theft of personal items worth less than $750, unless the theft was for financial gain. My concern is it's going to have the 
hardest impact on these low-income, high-crime areas. Councilmember Sandy Grayson expressed concern over the DA's policy to not prosecute thefts for crimes of need. Because yes. I think we're not really considering the business owner in this. What if six people come in in one day and take diapers? Six different people. Um, how does he recover that loss? Another concern, the DA's plan to cut back on prosecuting crimes of trespassing and panhandling. That is killing Pleasant Grove, killing us. Council member Kevin Felder says he believes the DA is on the right track. I support what you're doing because Dallas has one of the highest concentrations of poverty in the nation. So it's, it is, they said it there, the crimes of need. That is the term that uh, I'm... Well, it doesn't... I mean, anyone who's stealing a $700 item uh, for whatever reason, they need the money. Yes, crime of need. Well, then all crimes are crimes of need. Well, this is special. Special cases, John. It's special. It's under $700 crime of need. Diapers. So what they're going to do is they're going to let the this is this the DA that initiated this and it's the DA in Seattle who initiated a similar program up north. It's the DAs around here that are initiating this. Uh, Kamala Harris is a good example of one of the San Francisco DAs who put push this sort of yep, thing. You bet. And uh, so what you end up with is just rampant crime. Seven hundred dollars yeah. is not a low. Who gives the idea? Who who has this idea that seven hundred fifty dollars is meaningless? Elites with a lot of dough. Elites with a lot of dough is exactly right because, I mean, if somebody if you get a, a speeding ticket and it's going to cost you two hundred dollars, you consider that a lot of money. Why don't yeah, they just drop pissed. that while they're at it? Uh, it's just ridiculous am, that they, they're they're so cavalier that they think two seven hundred fifty bucks means nothing to anybody. I'm reliably informed that this particular issue and perhaps even the moniker "crimes of need" will be used incessantly in the 2020 election. Well, they're going to lose incessantly then. I don't know. There's a lot of people who 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 uh, might commit crimes of need or could be thinking about it. For instance. NPR just did a story about t- today's millennial who owns nothing and lives nowhere. It's a part of the gig economy with a native ad. Stephen T. Johnson works in social media advertising, and he spends most of his days using things he does not own. I took an Uber to Equinox to shower before we met and then went to Podshare. And then came to WeWork. Steven took a ride share to get to the gym he uses. He does not own a car. At the gym, he rents a locker. He uses the gym's laundry service because he does not own a washing machine. He doesn't even have an apartment, actually. Exactly. We were going to meet at Podshare, this co-living space where Steven rents a bed. Just a bed in a big open room with about a dozen other people. But it was too loud. So we went to his co-working space, a place called WeWork, where Stephen rents a desk. WeWork is also an NPR sponsor. <laughs> well, well how, how coincidental you have that in the story. Let's hear more. Stephen owns wow. so little he can carry most of his stuff in his hands. I actually gave up my backpack about, that was the smallest I got down to, and I gave that up two months ago. Stephen also only owns two outfits. See, even backpack, just having a backpack will become suspicious, John, so I think you're right about that. Well, two of the same outfit. Under Armour brandless uh, sport shoes, 
Lululemon pants, Lululemon socks, Lululemon shirt, Lululemon underwear. Stephen is part of a newish group of young people, kind of well off, but also in a way homeless. Does Stephen represent a fundamental shift in American capitalism as we know it? The fact is that we can't afford to sort of hoard anymore. That's Skylar Wang. He's a PhD student at UC Berkeley. He studies the sociology of the sharing economy. And he thinks one of the biggest factors in this economic shift is younger people buying fewer houses and choosing to live in dense urban areas and rent smaller places. Part of this is houses just being more expensive than they were for our parents. But when you're more okay with renting the place you live in, it's maybe a lot easier to accept a life where you rent and share a whole lot more. Wang does point out, even if young people own less, they still have a lot of stuff, stuff that isn't tangible. I talked to a lot of minimalists. They're the type of people who love to couch surf, right? They own like 30 things. But then the interesting thing is that they hoard digitally. They hoard digitally. They have tons of photographs. They have thousands and thousands of Instagram posts. It's still an economy of stuff. It's just different stuff. It's experiences. I'm speechless. Well, there's a couple of things in there that don't surprise me, especially this idea of experiences. Yeah, this like, is being studied to an extreme now, and it seems that the millennials, at least, at least one group of them, and I believe it's the older ones, um, have more. They 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 have more love of having an ex, quote unquote experience. This is why the the we've noticed this trend with the single batch, small batch, and all these things. You buy a product. That's right. It has to have batch. a story and it has to be an experience it's, just to, it's to have be a in possession of it. About yes. it. Yes. Correct. No story, no, no sale. Right. It's, hey, that's a good one. No story, no, no story, sale. No story, no sale. Best price. No story, no sale. And so you end up with this. So everything is kind of centered around this. And I watched this and it's like, uh, it's, it's flabbergasting to be honest about it. I they feel, will make sacrifice for the experience. It's, I don't even. I, I really. I'm still contemplating it. But that that well, piece that you ran is just tells a lot of this story. Well, you also w- would be one of the front runners of talking about how inexpensive disk space has become. So for them to be collecting experiences, documenting said experiences, and hoarding them is incredibly sad that they're storing this on Instagram. Even though I believe that the likes and the comments are all part of the experience. Um, and that can go away, you know, that can get deleted, you can get kicked off, anything can happen. And just imagine if that is truly your experiential life and that is very important to you and you have no possessions as a minimalist, but you have your possessions are your the documentation of your experiences and it gets taken away. I think people will off themselves. Well, I never thought they did mention that here, being an old, old, timer uh computer <laughs> hobbyist type oh sorry yes i i want to say when he was talking about his uh collections the first thing that came to my mind and this is why i thought it was interesting what you just said as he said this is i have all these photos i have a collection of photos and i have all my instagram uh posts right. and i the first thing that went right through my brain was oh 
he's somehow backed up Instagram. He has it on a, on a big hard disk. Oh, no way. No way. Well, and now that you mention it, you're right. There's no way. And I will say this, and you've seen this happen over the last 20 or 30 years. There's all these systems that come up and people, they, oh, I can store my whole photo collection. I can store the whole thing in full size. And they put all the, instead of having it backed up on a cheap hard disk that you can buy at Costco yeah. that has terabytes and terabytes of storage. No, no, no. You you store it all on some off, on some online. Hey, and here's photo. a crazy idea. Here's a crazy crazy thought that I've advocated for many times. Print some out. You you will lose your photos. Your I've been saving photos all my life, and I know that at least one or two of my drives will never fire up again. Uh, you need to print some stuff out. Print yeah, it out. Yeah, you can you can go, you can send it to CVS and go by on your way home from your shitty job. And I think a um, advertising, interactive advertising. The guy's probably making thirty seven thousand dollars a year because he has to compete against you know the H H two B no H two B visa workers. Oh, I'm sorry. Now. What you just said, I think, is a great idea. And I will mention Costco and other places. You could put, you know, two or three, uh, quote unquote, rolls on uh, on a, a small uh, thumb drive and take it to Costco and they'll print these things out yeah. inexpensively about the same you'd have to pay for supplies to do it yourself. Fairly inexpensively. And, you'll, and you will have these backups. And they actually, the gear that they're, the big print guys have is a little better than what you generally have, and it, and it's also it tunes the photos a little bit. There's going to so be an get- entire generation of children who get old and die, and there's going to be nothing left. I really enjoy having some of my mom's crazy shit, some letters and some photos. Fo- like photos. Sure. I like the photos. I like photos old, of my old, daughter. Old black and white photos. Yeah. Yeah, I and, agree. Because I, you know, I've saved all of the original videotapes of Christina, second birthday, third birthday. There's some fun stuff on it. Start rolling them out. Yeah, it's VHS. It's uh, then I also have uh, VHSC. I have Beta. No, uh, what's the DV video? Now I save the actual cameras so I can play it back. Yeah, this is a problem. But th- th- it's it's going. You know, yeah, there's services who will do it. And I understand the storage is going to be a problem because, oh, my God, now you, besides your $200 Lululemon pants, you also have to carry around some, like, a, a photo album, and you have no backpack well, for it. this is not going to work. This is not going to work for these guys. Maybe. Hey, exit strategy. I just saw a giant truck go by, <laughs> giant truck, with a big blue side that said Prime. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon. Yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah, I, you know they they're they're into this. The way they're doing it is the way, what they're into, and I think they're going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah, I think this it's is a just a warning. Yeah, I agree. Every it's, which way? It's it's just a hey, take it from your uncle Adam and and, and Uncle John. You might want to have some memories later on, and it's going to go away if you if you trust it to Instagram. Just take a couple, make a selection. We we need to have the millennialvault.com or something like this where you. You know, you just send off a couple pictures, we print them, we store them for you, which of course we don't do because we're really an on-demand printing system, you see. So we'll say, we're going to print these for you and we'll keep them safe for you. And then when you, and you go pick them up, which 90% will never do, then we, oh, here they are, we print them off real quick. So they're also well-preserved, they're kept perfectly well, and you know, obviously we won't lose the data. 
It's another exit strategy. <laughs> and mac and cheese is my idea of a perfect birthday cake. That's an actual commercial. Same people. Same people. Ted, tell me if you can spot the magic number in this African flooding clip that nobody's talking about. In South Africa, at least 33 people are dead in the eastern <laughs> province of KwaZulu-Natal after floods and mudslides crush homes around the city of Durban. Some parts of South Africa have received over nine inches of rain since Monday, more than three times the average monthly total for all of April. That's a magic number. It's the magic number. She then goes on. She then goes on a generic rant about climate change. Of course, <laughs> of course. Now I do. I've said this before. I like democracy now for because it will pick up stories that the mainstream is just not going to touch. Oh, and the, I have I, a you can't, The mainstream is unwatchable in America. It's pretty bad in America. Bad. It's unwatchable. So I've got a couple here that are kind of. I didn't know that any of this was going on, uh, but. This is the one that got my attention. This is the Japanese eugenics program. In a remarkable move, the government of Japan... Oh, wait a minute. Stop, stop, stop. I hate to say this. I do listen to Democracy Now! for a reason. Yeah. But this was actually on PBS. <laughs> okay. In a remarkable... <laughs> lead-ins. All right. And... Uh... Here we go again. In a remarkable move, the government of Japan has formally apologized today to an estimated 25,000 people who were forcibly sterilized from 1948 to 1996. It was done under a eugenics law designed to, quote, prevent the birth of poor quality descendants. Many, but not all of those sterilized had disabilities. Now the victims will be eligible for some compensation of 28,000 and six hundred dollars a piece hmm. how much so twenty eight hundred twenty eight hundred twenty eight thousand twenty eight thousand oh, okay wow not worth so it. i thought that was kind of interesting nobody's talking about that but the, the back to my thesis about the way democracy now does play stories that you won't get elsewhere i have not heard this story anywhere which is this the seal team leader busted as a war criminal? The New York Times is reporting that Navy SEALs who witnessed their platoon chief commit war crimes in Iraq were encouraged not to speak out and told they could lose their jobs for reporting him at a private meeting with a superior officer last year. According to a confidential Navy criminal investigation obtained by the Times, the commandos said they saw Special Operations Chief Edward Gallagher stab and kill an unarmed teenage captive, shoot to death a young girl and old man and fire indiscriminately into crowds of civilians. But what the men on Gallagher's team called a private meeting with their troop commander and demanded an investigation, they were told to stay quiet on the matter and no action was taken. The group of seven SEALs eventually were able to force an investigation, and Chief Edward Gallagher was arrested in September on more than a dozen charges, including premeditated murder and attempted murder. If convicted, he could face life in prison. His trial begins on May 28th. Wow, you're right. No one talked about that one. No one. No one. Shh. Don't talk about that one. <laughs> well, I guess it's uh, it's not on vogue. Hey, we got an operation going on coming up somewhere in Sri Lanka, so shut up with all this news. We've got to focus. Focus, people. Stand I need, down. Stand I need to down. Um, clarify some stuff. I did uh, 
one of my typical, this is a fine, outstanding citizen um, uh, about Nipsey Hussle. The, uh, the rapper slash community activist that loved by many who feel, it was actually not the Nokia, it was the Staples Center. They felt the Staples Center for him. And now my point usually is, okay, you can glorify this guy, but he also did fuck Donald Trump uh, in 2016. Uh, with YG, and you know, it was pretty clear. It was like, eh, you know, upstanding citizen, but that's was that really necessary? I got a lot of uh, pushback, and I uh, and I understand people are fans, fans of the music. I really have no problem with the music. I thought "Fuck Donald Trump" was a nice sing along ditty. I was just making a point, but as I looked deeper into Nipsey Hussle, um, I was able to push back after several long email chains with multiple people who are fans, have a lot more um, understanding of gang culture than I do. Um, even the YG Nipsey Hussle uh, F Donald Trump video was actually the Crips and Bloods together in the same video. You know, the, he was trying to uh, move himself away from uh, from the gangs for sure, but. Here's what I heard from a lot of different people, and they were very angry. He did all this great stuff for his community. Um, he bought the entire strip mall that, uh, that he, his clothing store is in, and uh, he's doing all this community stuff, and uh, he bought a fat burger, and uh, he's, uh, he's been giving money to people, and uh, he gave money to the school, and uh, there's a... You know, there's a uh, an, a, a Vector 90 where you can rent a desk and there'll be a STEM center and he's really, really a good, good guy. So let's run these down for a second because once I did this, I figured out why he did the F Donald Trump video. It was very interesting. So first of all, uh, this, this marathon clothing that is uh, in an area of the hood, I would say, uh, they sell $100 beanie caps and $200 t-shirts. So I don't know how great this is for the hood, but you know that's a pretty high price. He actually did not buy the strip mall. He is a member of a consortium run by a Los Angeles uh, real estate developer named Dave Gross. Uh, Dave Gross and uh, Nipsey Hussle, but also I think Jay-Z is in there, DJ Khaled. This is a very typical uh, type of operation where you get a couple of celebrities and you're going to build things. So they bought the strip mall. They bought. I don't think Nipsey put any money into it. They bought the strip mall. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to tear it down, build residential units with Marathon as the anchor tenant for retail. I wonder if that will be affordable housing. (laughs) <laughs> he did not own the fat burger. He early, early days, he made t-shirts for the fat burger staff to wear. This same Dave Gross um, uh, uh, consortium is working on uh, building the, uh, buying the Viceroy Hotel, changing that entire concept. Uh, the school money was Nipsey, again, being a front man for Puma, who donated the money. He's also just a front man for Vector 90, which is, as we know, like we work, it's basically a money-making uh, operation where you um, rent a desk by the hour or a, a cubicle by the day. This STEM uh, center has still not opened, as far as I know. But this guy really came on my radar when I was in 
the Netherlands working on my own uh, crypto coin ICO scam. As Nipsey Hussle at the same time was in the Netherlands and he was signing up as he says, well, yes, we're we've invested in uh, in this follow coin. And uh, no, he was doing exactly what I was doing, being a figurehead for an ICO for a crypto coin, because what is this guy? He's he is a front man for other people's projects. And then all of a sudden I understood the fuck Donald Trump song is self-hate. He's exactly the same as Trump. He puts his name on real estate developments. <laughs> well, he put his name on real estate developments. Yeah. Yeah, and, Trump sells his name more and he does stuff. And then there's this conspiracy theory about Dr. CB who had uh, cured AIDS and had different cures for diabetes. And this guy was killed by Big Pharma and uh, before Nipsey Hussle was, uh, was shot. He was, oh, I'm going to do a documentary uh, because a lot of his supplements are really special. He was in the supplement game. Zounds. <laughs> the supplement game. Yeah. You know, like. Game. That's the. Boner that's, pills. Yeah, the pill man. Yes. So, and I, and I hate because, you know, people are fans and they love him. But I, I do want to say that he really wasn't doing all that much great stuff for the community as far as I can find evidence of but well, it was you say you're doing great stuff for the community right but it was surprising to me to learn that oh no wonder he trump was a rival to him <laughs> anyway it's funny anyway that is you, that's a long way by the way for the shaggy dog story is what you just did well i've been sitting that on this was a long route <laughs> well, a long been, route to tipperary you have to understand the amount here's what happened Laura Ingraham did something similar on her show two weeks later. And, you know, they had people going after advertisers. Now, we're pretty bulletproof since we have no advertisers. And I had several back and forth where I learned a lot. And thank goodness the people who were emailing with me didn't just say, ah, fuck out, out, and stop. You know, so I learned a lot about the gang culture, about, you know, you don't anything with a CK in the word. You don't spell it CK, you spell it CC because CK could be seen as crypt killer. I mean, I learned a lot of gang stuff. And I think Nipsey Hussle was still involved. All I'm saying is just be careful who you worship. That's all. You may now continue hating me. You should, uh, don't forget, it's Adam at Curry.com. That's right. He's looking forward to your feedback. <laughs> Looking yes. forward to it. Yes, looking forward to your cons- I don't even, constructive I don't, to feedback. To this day, I've never heard one of these guys' songs. I've never heard a hymn. Uh, and I'm sure that would be, I should maybe be keep up with this sort of thing, but it's, you can't keep up with everything. So I'm, I'm out of the loop with this character, and I don't, it just seems odd that there was, he got so much attention out of the blue. And then at there's, least odd, at least odd to me. Then there was an election in Ukraine. A runoff election. And, and as we discussed a second ago, uh, with the lack of coverage in the United States of the story about the uh, the SEAL, bad actor SEAL, and some other things, why isn't this getting like this? I watched all the news stories the other, for the last couple of days, and I didn't see anybody opening with this or even mentioning it. Well, um, the, on only, the, networks. the only place I could get it from, a clip, which is, again, from one of our vast network of producers, is from Radio Ukraine International. 
Volodymyr Zelensky, a comedian and showman, has scored a landslide victory over incumbent President Petro Poroshenko. And, and by the way, for a comedian to score a landslide victory over a, a guy named Poroshenko, the, probably the only Ukrainian name everyone has heard of, that's news to me. Volodymyr Zelensky, a comedian and showman, has scored a landslide victory over incumbent President Petro Poroshenko in Ukraine's runoff presidential vote Sunday. As of 8 p.m. Monday, the Central Election Commission had processed almost 100% of electronic vote count protocols from 200 constituency commissions, according to which more than 73% of voters supported Volodymyr Zelensky, while President Petro Poroshenko collected 24.5% of the vote. <laughs> the commission said the final results would be officially announced on April 30th. I can't wait. <laughs> the comedian wins. I think it's one of the most hilarious things, and they, I, the news media does not want to play this for what is what you just said. This is extremely newsworthy. Uh, I read an article, a very good article, well, a fairly decent article at least in the Foreign Affairs, and they they credit this. Uh, they they and this is the the front for the Council on Foreign Relations. This magazine. Uh-huh. Um, what mag? What, so- what magazine is it? Foreign affairs. Oh, so okay. when you Foreign whatever affairs, yeah. Yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. they write, you have to assume is being is of course policy. yes. So they say what was Zelensky's secret to winning? They and it, and they announced it as a landslide. People, that's the other thing that makes it newsworthy. Landslide. It was a comedian getting a landslide victory. <laughs> they claim it was all just anti-establishment votes. Uh, he says, "What was and and then it made it even weirder." With I think this. there were some Brexit, uh, some uh, Facebook ads like Brexit that uh, probably influenced. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> what was Zelensky's secret? They ask. He ran for president as a virtual candidate, eschewing traditional rallies, political talk shows, and press interviews in favor of comedy concerts, slick social media messaging and carefully curated appearances on friendly channels. His most original and effective campaign platform was undoubtedly his hit, his hit TV series, Servant of the People, in which he stars ah. as an accidental president who crusades against corruption. Which so means he, which means we could easily see Julia Louis-Dreyfus running and becoming president. Yes, technically. I don't think we're as susceptible to this as, as some other places, but uh, and we do have our, we already have our, we already have our TV guy. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Trump. So we don't need another one. We don't want to do that two in a row. Uh, and, but this guy, you know, was the, so he's kind of a Trump because he's coming from a TV show. But this is like a, ma- this is a major, major, yes. major event, especially since we're so wound up in the Ukraine. Yes. Or in Ukraine. Ukraine. Not the Ukraine. Uh that you'd think this would be go float right to the top. No, nobody's just said no. No, let's don't even talk about it. Why? Well, this is the this is the indictment of the mainstream media, right? This story. <laughs> it's exactly right. There's that angle, and also this doesn't bring any candidate uh, election money into the coffer. So why would we bother even looking at the story? I mean, Sri Lanka is already gone. It's already gone, and we're back to Beto. Beto and 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 Buttigieg, Buttigieg, Mayor Pete of the Hamlet, Mayor Pete of the Hamlet, giant city, his giant Hamlet, (laughs) Gotham. But if so, instead, of course, we get uh, stories about the new words added to the dictionary. 
Oh, I missed this story. I usually I, this is usually what I catch. Well, I, I have a couple of them. New meanings for old words, and I uh, was yes. I was surprised by some that I thought would have been uh, <laughs> uh, codified long ago. Snowflake has now been added as uh, someone. What do you mean by long ago? Well, snowflake snowflake just cr- cropped up in the last couple of years. Well, okay. Well, how about tailwind and headwind? These words now are also used figuratively to refer to a force of inf- or influence that either helps or hinders progress. I believe the term tailwind and headwind has been used in, in that manner for many uh, years. In this regard, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, purple. Purple has a an additional meaning. It's not a new, well, it says new meanings for old words, but of course it's, it's going to be besides the blending of red and blue. Purple can now refer to geographical areas where voters are split between Democrats and Republicans. Purple. This, this is already being used by Klobuchar. By, and, by uh, Democrats. And the, all the Democrats. Hillary Clinton had, had purple on when she was supposed to win. Everybody was wearing purple. Podesta had a little purple tie, had a little purple uh, uh, thingamabob handkerchief. Mm. Um, it could go- have been code for something else. Mm, it's a purple revolution. It's a Soros thing. Goldilocks. Goldilocks has a new definition referring to the character who's... um, Astronomers use it to describe an area of planetary orbit in which temperatures are neither too hot nor too cold to support life. Just right. What? When did this show up? I never heard this. I've never heard it. New compound terms. Now, this is what... Like, this is new. Page view is now an official compounded term. So, you know, uh, viewing a page on a website. On on brand is now a compounded term. Garbage time, which is the final moments or minutes of a game in which one side has an insurmountable lead. That's that's usually almost refers to almost exclusively to basketball, but okay. Go cup. What? Yeah, go cup. Plastic. It's a well. It's not a new word, but now it's an oh, official go cup. My com- go cups. Like go a cup. go bag. Yeah, and screen time, which is very new, but they plopped that one in right away. Now referring to time you know, spent. You think in- it's new? See, this is where I disagree with you because I think that's an older term. Oh no, no, they're saying it's a new, it's a new meaning for screen time. What's the old meaning? Referring to the amount of time someone appeared in front of a camera in a movie. Dating back to the golden age of Hollywood. Now referring to time spent in front of a screen. I thought screen time, time spent in front of a screen has been around, screen has been around for at least a decade. Well, I wouldn't be doing this uh, item if I wasn't surprised myself. (laughs) Uh, New words, gig economy. Yeah, geez, I hate that one. Vulture capitalism, also another one. That's not new. Well... It's now officially in the Merriam-Webster dictionary. This is the this is what I'm reading from them. Yeah. Uh, entertainment words, buzzy. That's now a word, buzzy. B u z z y, causing or characterized by a lot of speculative or excited talk or attention. Buzzy. This buzzy. And then you have a bottle episode. I, that I don't understand what that is. I've I've been in television a long time. An inexpensively produced episode of a television series that is typically confined to one setting. A bottle episode. I've never, never heard, heard this. this term. No. And uh, finally, EGOT. Of course, we know that one. 
EGOT, E-G-O-T. Yeah, you win all these awards. Yeah, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and a Chioni. A Chioni. So I was surprised. I was surprised by some of the... There's some other ones like Qubit, which just comes from uh, quantum computing. Gender nonconforming. Ooh, top surgery. There you go. Would you like some top surgery? I don't think so. <laughs> Do you want to know what top surgery is? Is it breast implants or something? Uh, gender confirmation surgery, in which a person's oh, breasts are removed or augmented. Yes. And then there's bottom surgery. Not interested in that? No, not really. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. Definitely the awkward segue of the year. <laughs> it, was, it was not a segue. That was a hard break. <laughs> uh, Ian Field it starts off our list of uh, producers for show 1132, uh, $100. Grebulon, good old Grebulon, he's turning 50 on Friday. We have him on the list. He's 88.88. Ellen Sauer, Soar, Ellen Soar, pronounced Soar, in Muskegon, Michigan, $82. And then she says, Happy Bunny Day. Sir Mac, 8008. Uh, birthday deal going on there. Happy 33rd birthday. Lucky number. Yeah, Sir Greg of the Parts Unknown, 8008. Uh, Rel in Tallahassee, Florida at 5911. Jonathan Evans, 5555. James Buell in Spring Hill, Tennessee, uh, 5533. Dame Laura of the Snowy Cascades, 5397. Another birthday. Patrick, Sir Patrick Maycom, Maycom in New York City, Maycom. 50. These are all $50 donors, name and location, one after the other. Alexa Delgado in Aptos, California. Jesus Allen. In Austin, Texas, Julian Robbins in Aptos, California, Mitchell Kaufman in Hillsborough, Oregon, Maxine Waters Gravel. Uh, <laughs> Max, she's, that gravel's been coming in every this week gravel's since, coming in. since she showed so up I on don't the know scene. If it's the same guy, but somebody sent me a gavel. You got a uh, gavel? It, you got Maxine's gravel? Yeah. Nice. So what's interesting, what's interesting about this gavel, it's a real one. You got to say gravel. It's, like, it's gravel. Gravel. So that's it. I'm going to hit the wood with it. Mm. it. Is that this is extremely hard wood, and you can really slam it into this gavel catcher. This oh, it came little, with a, a, a gravel catcher. Yeah, the platform with oh, nice. you hit nice, and it doesn't dent. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps a feature of said item. Not sure what wood is made out of, but it definitely does not dent. And I don't know who sent it because it, it said gift, but it. It was all I, I didn't get any information. Probably from Maxine Waters Gravel. <laughs> from Maxine Gravel in Santa Rosa, California, and rounding off our fifty dollars donors is Sir Baron Sir Alan Bean over here in Oakland, and that's a list short but sweet. Yeah. So remember, we were talking about the value for value and how uh, we don't have to do extra stuff to get by. That this is the kind of day where I need to reiterate that very short segments today, um, and it makes it hard for us. But it is the value for value system. So if you appreciate it, if you like the deconstruction you heard today, what is it worth to you? Did you have any fun? Did you laugh? Anything like that? Just let us know. And you can let us know by going to Dvorak.org slash N-A. Let's see. We have a make good here. Sir Callistra 
said uh, he needed a, uh, I think he asked me for this and somehow we might have overlooked it, need a little just send your cash karma for an investor of ours, he says, who's having trouble funding his commitments and he needs some house buying karma for himself. Uh, let me see if I have just send your cash somewhere. Uh, where was that? Oh man, be under a bush. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's it's somewhere else. It's uh, I got to. You can take that to the bank. I got that one, but that's not the one he wants. Well, I'm gonna do the karma first, and then uh, I'll do my best to see if I can find that one for you. So here you go. You've got karma. All right, then we had. Did we have any other special uh, karma requests? I think we might have had a, a uh, well, jobs karma in there. I'll add one just to make sure. Wow! Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Yeah! You've got karma. That's right. Today is the 25th of April, 2019. We do have a birthday list, and we say uh, happy birthday to John Kresnick's son, Andrew. He turns 18 today. Grebulon turns 50 on the 26th. That'll be tomorrow. Sir Max says happy birthday to his smoking hot wife, Dame Lauren, turning the magic number 33. Uh, Dame Laura of the Snowy Cascades. Happy birthday to daughter Molly, will be 22 on May 3rd. And if I'm correct, today is Void Zero's birthday, running all the back office and all the uh, systems for the No Agenda show. We're highly appreciative. Happy birthday, Mark, from everybody here at No Agenda. Okay, we have some meetups to discuss, and we do have one nighting. Uh, here's our list, ever-growing list. You can find this at noagendameetups.com. You can create your own. You can participate April 27th. Zurich, Switzerland, May 2nd, Seattle, Washington, May 4th, Baltimore, Maryland, May 5th, Brussels. This is a new entry, I believe. The Brussels, Belgium, seat of the European Parliament, at least half of the time. May 18th, Cincinnati, Ohio, the 25th, uh, the Eastern North Carolina meetup, May 25th as well. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, just added June 6th, Seattle. You going to that, John? June 6th, Seattle? No. Okay. Uh, June 8th. Oklahoma City. I was just thinking, we're all going to be in town, you, me, Horowitz, for the for the wedding on the 19th of May. Yeah. Should we make an appearance, a, a quick impromptu meetup somewhere? You mean the day before, like, like day, on Saturday night? Not Saturday night, no. Well, when? when? Saturday know, night? Sa- Saturday morning. <laughs> That's... Saturday morning? <laughs> just, uh. a, just an idea. I'm flying in on Saturday. I get in at one, I think. Oh, well, Mimi work. keeps saying to me, "Hey, why don't you guys do just an, an ad hoc a, a meeting, a little meetup in Austin, and uh, like on Saturday?" I cannot, and, I cannot tell you how uncanny the resemblance is between when you do Mimi's voice and her actual voice. <laughs> I don't use the same voice. <laughs> so very, uh, very close. So she says that, and I said, well, you know, what I'm thinking, I'm going to get in Austin about one. She's going to be getting later. She couldn't be able to do uh, the meetup unless it was late. How about but Monday? you got stuff to do. Are you guys so, leaving Monday, Monday evening, Monday morning when you no, leave? No, I'm flying out Monday. Okay. She's flying out Monday. We're all flying out Monday. Um, Who else is coming? We're all flying out. Just you and me, yeah, right? I got a couple of 
It, there's a joke there, and I'm yeah. Just, I do. never mind. I <laughs> let get, it go. I'm just out of sorts. Okay, <laughs> let so, it go. So maybe a Saturday afternoon meetup might be something. That yeah, well, every- the thing is, we're we're also hosting like a like a five p.m. thing at the house for out of towners. Oh, so well. Well, we'll just have the meet up here. Have everyone at the new house. That sounds like a fantastic idea. slash <laughs> Be there, everybody. Hey, let's uh, get Steve not Fisher. Is- yet. You're not finished? Uh, here you go. I'm sorry? I got it right here. It's not coming through. Oh, there it is. It wasn't coming through. That's lag. That's weird. I don't know what's going on. Steve Fisher, please step up to the podium right here. We've got the roundtable of the No Agenda Knights and Dames. You are now entering that exclusive club, my friend. And I'm very proud to pronounce the Kate the Sir Steve Knight of the Northern Skies. Like everybody else, you have a choice here at the roundtable of hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, cookies and vodka, single malt scotch, chilled Polish potato vodka, horse head pumpkin ale, wifers and waffles, pog and poi, Dame Elise's limoncello and salmon, trophies and tires, some milk, breast milk and pablum, ginger ale and gerbils, bong hits and bourbon, Rubenes, Ruben and rosés, geishas and sake, or if you prefer... Mutton and Mead, it's a night and dame favorite, and head over to noagendanation.com slash rings, and uh, Sir Steve, uh, we will get, uh, once you give Eric the Shill your information, we'll get you uh, your night ring, your sealing wax, your certificate, everything out as soon as possible. And thank you for supporting the show. Everybody else, please remember us for the next episode of the show, Dvorak.org slash NA. It's very easy to remember because you can sing it. Dvorak.org slash NA. Easy. Kids love it. So now we have, uh, of course, we have another, it's not in the Trump rotation, but going after Jared Kushner is always a good thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> so we have, I have two clips. I have the human rights group are condemning the Saudis and then Kushner gets condemned. And then the second clip, which is the funnier clip, which is Kushner is in the room. But let's play uh, the human rights notations. Human rights groups are condemning Saudi yeah. Arabia's mass execution of 37 prisoners accused of terrorism and espionage. Amnesty International says 11 of the men put to death were convicted of spying for Iran after what it called a grossly unfair trial. Amnesty says at least 14 others were convicted for participating in anti-government protests between 2011 and 12. Amnesty says the 14 men were tortured in order to have, quote, confessions extracted from them. One prisoner's body and severed head were put on display in a public crucifixion. In response, Maya Foa, director of the British legal charity Reprieve, said, quote, that the Saudi regime believes it has impunity to carry out such patently illegal executions without notice should shock its international partners into action. And her head is gone. Now, I don't understand what action people are supposed to take. They're a, they're a sovereign nation. Well, I and do, if they uh, kill people, you know, their own citizens for some reason or other, that's, that's their business. Has to do with their laws. Well, there's something there's something up. Uh, you remember I had that clip from Pompeo when he was in Dallas, yeah. and he was talking about how you know we actually teach our agents in the CIA how to lie and cheat and steal. Yeah, lie and cheat. Yeah. So he wasn't just in in Dallas uh, just to to joke, quote unquote, joke about the, uh, the CIA. He had a closed-door meeting with 15 uh, Iranian-American community leaders. And uh, this was closed-door, but of course it leaked out 
that the uh, that Pompeo had said to these uh, fifteen Iranian American community leaders that the Trump administration is quote not going to do a military exercise inside Iran, um, which to me means look out for some other kind of false flag. <laughs> I don't like using the term. But whenever you say explicitly and let it leak out, why else would he go to Dallas to talk to them? And this comes out of it. Yeah, now we, we're not going to do anything. But with these new sanctions, uh, I, I do not like what is going on. I don't like Pompeo. It's just the Bolton. It's all the neocon jagoffs. Yeah, the Pompeo and Bolton. Jagoffs. Bolton's the worst. I, dis, I mean, what is, why is Trump even allowing this? <laughs> You're asking the wrong. He guy. may not know. He's, he may be. I don't think he knows. He's it's not, possible he, he doesn't know what the hell is going on. I mean, that's what they, everyone claims. So maybe it's true. Let's true. hear the second part of this. Is a, this again the Saudi Arabia uh, anti Saudi Arabia material going through democracy now? In New York City, senior White House advisor and President Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, Tuesday told a Time magazine forum he does not dispute the CIA's conclusion that Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman ordered the murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi. But Kushner said it's more important to focus on American foreign policy interests. At a gala dinner later in the day, honoring Time's list of the world's 100 most influential people, comedian Hassan Minha called for the release of Saudi women's rights activist Lujain Hal-Haflul, who's been tortured since her arrest for opposing the kingdom's male guardianship system and a former ban on women drivers. Minhaj also called out Jared Kushner directly over his close relationship with Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. I know there's a lot of very powerful people here, and it'd be crazy if—I don't know, if there was just like a— I don't know, like if there was like a high-ranking official in the White House that could WhatsApp MBS and and say, hey, maybe you could help that person get out of prison because they don't deserve it. But that'd be crazy. That'd be, I mean, that person would have to be in the room, but it's just a good comedy premise. <laughs> wow. Hey, you know, how can you resist if you're a comedian and you're want to get this woman out of prison right. the guy sitting there right. you do material yeah, so that's another thing that i find uh annoying you know the way i see it sanctions on iran which I mean, we've always been the a-holes who determine who can buy oil from iran and so yeah. now we're shutting that down and of course what happens the price of gas goes up how is this good it's not good for me. It's great for Saudi Arabia. They're they're gonna. I think Trump even said, "Ah, oh, Saudi Arabia can fill up the demand." Yeah. Here's another screwball clip. This one here is the uh, not emphasized much, but I think at least people should be paying attention to it. This is the Afghan civilians being killed clip. The United Nations reports that Afghan and international forces killed more Afghan civilians in the first three months of this year than Taliban insurgents did. That reverses the trend of recent years. The report says in all there were 581 civilian deaths. Nearly half of those blamed on government and NATO forces occurred during airstrikes. Well, there you have it. I have a couple of uh, items of interest. Um, I thought this was a a very shallow payback for uh, his endorsement by the president of the United States. Uh, I don't know. It must have gotten all kinds of lovely coverage 
But I didn't see it. I'm here on the, the beautiful Golan Heights. This is uh, uh, Bibi Netanyahu standing up on the Golan Heights. Uh, I'm here on the, the beautiful Golan Heights. Uh, all Israelis were deeply moved when President Trump made his stark decision to recognize Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights. And therefore, after the Passover holiday, I intend to bring to the government a resolution calling for a new community on the Golan Heights named after President Donald J. Trump. <laughs> Man, talk about a reach around. I'm going to name a whole hamlet after you. Donald that J. Trump. Donald J. Trump Donald City. Donald J. Trump. Uh, Judicial Watch. Oh, Trim- Trumpville. <laughs> Trumpville, yes. Yes, I'll write that one down. Trumpville. Yeah, sounds good. They like it. Um, Judicial Watch uh, never gets a lot of uh, exposure. Uh, just a bunch well, of... You, have, yeah, you follow them on Twitter. Well, yeah. It's a, uh, it's a collection of... Uh, well, they're lawyers. I'm pretty sure they're Collect- right... A collection of pissed-off right-wing lawyers. There you go. Hi, Judicial Watch President... Hillary. Yes, and uh, here's the latest. Hi, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with breaking news on the Clinton email scandal. If you want to know why Hillary Clinton has skated thus far on her email misconduct, it's because Barack Obama is implicated in the Clinton email scheme. The FBI just admitted to us that it had to find Clinton emails in Barack Obama's White House, specifically the executive office of the president. The FBI also confirmed it found up to 49,000 Clinton server emails on the laptop of disgraced former Congressman Anthony Weiner. These disclosures were forced out of the FBI as a result of court-ordered discovery granted to Judicial Watch into the Clinton email issue. <laughs> ah, so it's that like means... a dog and a bone, those guys. Well, what, well, what that means is that the executive office of the president during Obama's presidency was very aware uh, that they were emailing... Hillary Clinton on her private email server. Yeah. Because they were receiving from it. You think that he would have done some sort of a blanket declassification for everything on her server in some shape, way or shape or form to get her off the hook completely? I don't know why they didn't do that. Well, because she had deleted everything before before that could even be a consideration. Well, maybe. Yeah. Then we have follow-up on the Smollett case. He has not even started healing from the initial attack. This interview airing in late March is cited in a federal lawsuit filed in Chicago today on behalf of brothers Ola and Bola Osendero. Jussie Smollett's attorney, Tina Glandian, appearing on Good Morning America, discussing the open FBI investigation into a hate-filled threat letter sent to Smollett at the Fox Studios in Chicago. The brothers did come forward and state that they had nothing to to do with the letter, but um, it appears that the police during a search of their home did seize uh, some magazines with, I guess, missing pages and a stamp book. There are consequences for the actions that Tina Glandian and Mark Yergos have taken. Today's suit enables us to make sure that those consequences are decided in a court of law, not on a cable news network. 
Garagos and Glandian fired back today, saying in a statement, quote, while we know this ridiculous lawsuit will soon be dismissed because it lacks any legal footing, we look forward to exposing the fraud the Osendero brothers and their attorneys have committed on the public. My city, my police department, and my clients all deserve to have their reputations restored. No, well, we shall see. That's a pretty interesting now. <laughs> Jeez. Someone, so someone's hear- lying somewhere about something. Yeah, someone. Uh, here's the thing that I could use a little discussion. The census and the Supreme Court clip. Yeah, this thing, this thing is back again. It's very interesting. The U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments Tuesday in a case challenging the Trump administration's plans to include a question on citizenship to the 2020 census. Voting rights activists feared the question would deter immigrants from participating in the census, leading to a vast undercount in states with large immigrant communities. This could impact everything from the redrawing of congressional maps to the allocation of federal funding. Okay, here's a couple of things. How many illegal aliens take the census seriously or even contribute to it as is, that the way it is now? Do you think if they put a citizenship question that that would change? I don't think they'll participate. That's, I don't think they – but do they participate now? Uh, the, the Democrat left – the left in America certainly wants them to participate. Yes. In the sense, yeah, of course they do because they get bigger numbers. That's right. More redistricting, more representatives. Exactly. Okay, so now here's the other question. Noting my initial premise, the other question is, why shouldn't you ask if they're a citizen? I think this is something you need to know. If you don't participate, by the way, it's against the law not to participate. Correct. And so, and and by the way, uh, checking or not checking citizen. Doesn't mean you're here illegally. Just no, mean, it doesn't mean that. Yeah, you're a green card. You can be here. Uh, this is just another attempt by the Democrats to, you know, stuff the ballot box, as it were. And so you get a. Uh, well, it's like it's the, like having a convicted felons in jail vote. I mean, this is well, another I thing actually, that they're pushing. I, to be honest about, it, I don't find that to be as offensive. You're kidding me. Why? Because somebody's in a Because somebody got. So let's say we have a country where simple political laws are now all qualify as as felony of a felony. So everybody in the country is a felon uh, for just about any. Say shoplifting is a felony. Everything's a felony. So now you can't vote anymore. No, that's Maybe not. The whole uh, thing is uh, uh, as a stop, political ploy. Stop. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I first of all, in most states, if you come out of jail. And you've been convicted, you no longer have your voting right. That's not what this is about. I feel if you've done your time, full citizen, you're back back on track. You can vote, do any, all of that stuff. That's not what it's about. While you're incarcerated in jail, that's where they want people to vote. They're all saying yeah, it. Well, that, that's, that's got scam written all over that's it. That's Bernie. It's Kamala Harris. It's Cory Booker. They're all saying this. Uh, well, the reason, Mayor of course, Pete. is because for one thing, if you're in prison and that's three, it's that's a, three million it's a, votes right there. Well, it's all well, it's a lot of votes, but you can make that because it's since you're in prison, you got to do what you're told. You can have to sit down for lunch. They pass out the ballots. Every single person would vote. Yes. Yeah, that would be not right. That's not voluntary. Well, that's that's it's involuntary. So so but I don't know if you've seen these town halls, but. 
they're asking should the should the marathon the Boston Marathon bomber be allowed yeah. to vote in jail? Yeah. Bernie Sanders I, said yes. Yeah. It's not an argument. It's sense. lunacy. It's not an argument. There's no argument. They're saying, yeah, I think we should have a conversation about that. Okay, how about no? Well, your turn. <laughs> this is another one of Bar- Bernie's little things. And every time Bernie comes up with something like this, this is his only new idea. Uh, everybody else jumps on the bandwagon, fearful that Bernie's going to get everybody's vote because Bernie's the only guy with any thought and, you know, anything, any good ideas. Everybody else is just pounding Trump. They don't care about any ideas. So it's caught on. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. I'm sure not worried about it. <clears throat> I am uh, surprised to see that we have reports of measles outbreaks in the Netherlands and in Canada. Did you hear about the measles outbreak on the ship? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yes. Oh, Where's I, the I ship? Clipped it. I shouldn't oh, have I didn't, the, know. I didn't, I didn't know. There's a Navy ship that is on quarantine now, and it's got a measles outbreak. But the kicker? Yeah. Hundred percent vaccination rate. Ah, yeah, beautiful, <laughs> perfect. Well, these people were only ninety three percent protected because they didn't have their booster later yeah, in life. Yeah, but ninety three, it should have been a her, 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 herd immunity. Oh, well, yeah, so that didn't happen either. What I'm surprised about is that with all I think these they're injecting water, on. <laughs> all these local outbreaks around the world at the same time. Now, I could be. I could be cynical and say, well, maybe it's just the local advertising companies uh, who are doing the, their business, the PR companies, getting uh, more measles vaccinations out and into the people. Or why isn't the CDC or some maybe the United Nations talking about a global pandemic? Because that's what I see. It's on the yeah, cruise ship. because they, they come out with the data on that one and it's going to be a fail. Exactly. It's a bull crap. But it looks good when you when you chop it up like that. Every country has their little and they're pushing it everywhere. The same message in every country. But it's they all got a localized. New marketing guy at Merck. They certainly have something good going on. They know what they're doing. Yeah, I agree. So I here's my clip, which is the Boy Scout scandal, which is again not getting as much play on the networks. I had to look for it. In a growing scandal engulfing the Boy Scouts of America, it's been revealed that nearly 8,000 troop leaders have been accused of sexual abuse over a span of 72 years. These findings were announced Tuesday in Manhattan by Jeff Anderson, a lawyer representing sexual abuse victims. According to records known as the Perversion Files, Boy Scout volunteer leaders abused more than 12,000 victims between 1944 and 2016. Anderson named 130 scout leaders in New York State who had been accused of sexual abuse at Tuesday's news conference, noting that state law had recently changed to extend the statute of limitations for childhood sex abuse. Wow. COINTEL. Let me, let me say a couple of things. One, I was, when I was a kid, I was a Catholic and I was a Boy Scout. And the funny thing was, is that you always heard when you got to be around, well, at least by 14, you always heard these little rumors about one thing or another, like, and it would be about, always be about some priest. Yeah. And it was just, everyone knew it. It wasn't like a big shock to anybody that some priest was weird. Never heard anything ever about, about the Boy, Boy Scouts. Scouts being abused by, you know, it just never, I just never was in the, it wasn't there. I just never heard of this. This is all new. And it's part of a, a scheme to 
slammed the Boy Scouts for a lot of different reasons. Well, how about uh, this? Where, where's, I, where's wait, wait, let me finish my COINTEL idea. Girl Scouts are behind this. That's what I was just going to say. Where's the data on the Girl Scouts? Girls. Well, no, but the girls, the problem with the Girl Scouts are having is they're almost going broke and the girls are joining the Boy Scouts because yes. they like the idea of camping. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they like cooking and camping. Yes. And not tying. And that goes well with boys. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I think there's something scamish about it. Yeah. Well, no, that's well, especially since they've gone back and changed the statute of limitations. Well, we'll have to see what happens. Oh, by the way, that seems a little ex post facto to me. Yeah. Well, apparently that's possible. I don't think so. I think it's bullshit. I think if somebody took that to the Supreme Court, you can't start changing the terms of crimes after somebody, say, committed one 40 years ago and then the statute of limitations wore off 10 years later. John, you can't say, well, there's no statute of limitations anymore. Ultimately. The guy was free. He was, he was literally free after 10 years because of the early statute of limitations. It was that important. They should have had him extended earlier. This, I don't like this. That's how they're going to get us. Because they're going to get podcasting without a license. That's right. But, sir, there Post was no licensing back then. Well, <laughs> Sorry, son. No, 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 no. No, that's how they're going to get us. I'm, I'm positive. Or perhaps for identifying memes way ahead of our time. Everyone knows the... That's true. That's true. I'm hearing this everywhere. We are so, so on, on top of all the trends Here's yeah. a uh, an ad for NA Napa NAPA Auto Parts Pro in Scandinavia. People say that Napa Auto Pro technicians can handle all kinds of jobs: suspension, brakes, mufflers, batteries. Hey, it's true. It's true. Napa Auto Pro. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Come it's on, true. man! It's true. We've we've set the trend with this. It's true. It's true. We have. I, I'll, I'll say we should take credit for that. Just yeah, just a little bit because we promoted the ISO. It's true. Yeah, uh, people pointed out, but we we've been pushing it. No, because we love it, and yeah, we as a bonus, it's true. It's true. <laughs> All right, you got anything else, or should we? Uh, should we leave? I well, got some white collar. I got the. But let's get this out of the way. This is the. Uh, this is a little democracy now, uh, 48 second clip on Trump's taxes. Everyone's all preoccupied with his taxes. Meanwhile, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin Tuesday failed to meet a congressionally mandated deadline to turn over President Trump's tax returns to the House Ways and Means Committee. It's the second time Mnuchin has refused a congressional order to turn over Trump's tax records. In a statement, Mnuchin said he'd provide a final answer on whether he would comply by May 6th. Democrats say they they need to know whether Trump's myriad business interests, both at home and overseas, are affecting his decisions as president. House leaders are employing a portion of the tax code that grants tax writing congressional committees the power to request tax information on any filer. The provision was created after the Teapot Dome bribery scandal of Warren G. Harding's administration in the 1920s. Okay. <laughs> what was the Teapot Dome scandal? The, pe the teapot dome scandal is always considered to be the worst. You have to look it up on the wiki page to get the details, but it was considered the worst scandal in the history of the United States ever. Huh. And it had to do with some corruption, the oil business or something like that. I, I'm not, I don't remember it anymore. I'm, well, I know that there was a lot of 
big is all based New York kind of situation. It was just a mess. Ah, so it was New York based too. Fantastic. Everything's New York based. Well, that will do it for now. I'm going to uh, see if the washing machine has arrived. Then I'm going to go order new cables and a new mic and all kinds of stuff. It's uh, I'm going crazy over here. Still don't have my mail. But yeah, I am your mail. You're never going to get your mail. I am on the frontier of Austin, Texas, capital of the Drone Star State, and I do hope you will support us by going to dvorak.org/na. Special thanks to Jesse Coy Nelson, Bruce Wilkie for end of show mixes. Nick the Rat coming up on the stream after that. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. We return on Sunday right here on No Agenda for another episode. Support the work try, at Dvorak. Thursday. Yeah, right, Sunday. Sunday. Is it Sunday? Thursday, Sunday. The yeah, other I Thursday. Thursday. Dvorak.org. numbers were so low today that I was thinking it was must have been Sunday. Dvorak.org slash NA. Until then, as always, adios mofos and such. the market square So many mothers sighing Ocasio recently told us We have 12 years before we're dying Millennials and people and you know Gen Z and all these folks that come after us are looking up and we're like the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change and your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it? And, like, this is the war. This is our World War II. Or that Leo DiCaprio's word should be taken as gospel because he's so dreamy. And that we should trust what comes out of his mouth, which is nothing more than apocalyptic climate nonsense someone whispered in his ear the day before. That everyone, except the elite folks like Gore DiCaprio, need to live like paupers to save the planet from certain destruction. Officials have less than 12 years to act before the damage from climate change could become catastrophic.
You can crap where you want to. You can wipe your own behind. But if your dog takes a dump and you don't pick it up, you'll get a hefty fine. Defecate on the sidewalk. No worry or crime. You can crap on the road next to a doorway while waiting in line. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A. That's true.